where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to National Taco Day. Happy Hump Day. From the opening drive on 101 ESPN, where it's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Glad you're with us. You can also join us on the Air Alliance team studio cams. Just go to the YouTube and type in 101 ESPN STL, and you can watch Brooke and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis and Randy Carricker and Matthew Rocchio. And it's great to have you with us. How are we doing, kids? Good. Why is today National Taco Day? I think it's Not an October Taco 4th Tuesday. thing. And it should be. It should be like the first Tuesday of every October. Right? Yeah. Makes sense. I don't know. That and and we should have Halloween should be the last Saturday. I, I'm, yes. I'm convinced of that. It That's should not idea. be should not be on the 31st mm-hmm. because it could be on a Tuesday. Kids gotta go to school. It's Saturday. Make it a Saturday. Kids don't have to go to school the next day. They don't have to rush home from school to get prepared and all of that nonsense. Yeah. Okay, so, how about this one? How about Independence Day being on the first Monday of July every year, rather than the 4th of July, us gambling and having the 4th of July on a Saturday. Well, you know, I kind of like the break in the middle, Randy. But it doesn't, it wasn't a break for us. You get the 4th off? We got the 3rd and the 4th off this year. We did, yeah. But was it on on a Wednesday? It was on a Tuesday, a Wednesday. So we got Tuesday and Wednesday off. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know. You like the extra days. I like like a break in the middle, Randy. If I (laughs) just just out of nowhere, no no work. (laughs) (laughs) Sign me up. Good deal. We've got quite a program coming up for you. We're going to talk to Jamie Rivers coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, a lot of blues talk today. Uh, also, we're going to talk about the playoffs. The playoffs were inter- interesting yesterday. Great job, by the way. Good, good start for the Cardinals. Yes, Jordan Montgomery goes seven great. strong innings. Yes, strong innings. Cabrera and Hicks were great on Tommy the pen. Tommy Pham was okay. Tommy Pham, Adolis Garcia had a couple of hits. It was exciting to see those. Man, those guys just performing at a high level. It was great. Some bad news. They don't play for the Cardinals, those guys that you just listed. They don't play for them anymore. The Cardinals were done, eliminated. No postseason. The uniforms looked a little odd, but they're still Cardinals, right? I know that some people were saying Red October for the Phillies, but I guess they just took that from the Cardinals. They're just carrying on the tradition. Now I'm disappointed. so excited, Randy. Jordan Montgomery did look really good. Did you see seven innings? It was it, who, who sent the, uh, the he just oh he needed to be with Maddox oh, oh uh, yeah. so oh you'll love this quote this is beautiful stuff here uh, this is Jordan Montgomery uh, to uh, I think the New York Post yeah I'm sure the Yankees saw the potential 
They might have given up on me, but I think it was the best thing for me to get to the Cardinals and get set up with Mike Maddox. Our pitching philosophies are much closer. And so uh, he goes to Texas, and he turns in seven shutout innings. Very nice. In his playoff game, after pitching exceptionally well for them during the regular season. How about that? (laughs) So he's just following Maddox everywhere? Yeah, why not? He might resign there. I could see that. Because they aren't going to have DeGrom, I don't think, next year. Mm-hmm. Right, and Scherzer hopefully will be back for them, uh, and they don't mind spending money. They they seem like they're all in. If they don't win the World Series this year, bring bring back Monty, who wants to be there. You don't think he wants to come back to St. Louis? Mm, well, I, I think he wants has to know where the money sailed? is. I think if they, I don't know if it, that that ship has sailed. I think that he'll because his agent is Scott Boris. Go where the money is. You know what I yeah. I, I saw yesterday? Some really good pitching. Mm-hmm. Tyler Glass now had a, had a good had a good start. Had some rough. Fielding behind, I mean, really rough fielding behind him. Would you like him? He'll be available after this season. I, I will, Randy. You don't have to pull my arm too hard. <laughs> he never pitches, <laughs> but when he does, he's great. Man. He's never yeah. pitches. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to tug too hard at my arm to. to. Zach Wheeler performed really well. Uh, it, he would be nice to have. The, mm-hmm. There are. There, I mean, you you talked about Jordan Montgomery. It, it's it's playoff time, and the thing that playoff teams have is mm-hmm. pitching. And so, if we could get some, that'd be nice. <laughs> Tyler Glass now. <laughs> to join in on that fun. That'd, that'd, be, be, <laughs> that'd be nice. Uh, he's going to make $25 million next year. Uh, this year, he made a career-high 21 starts prior to this season. 2017 with Pittsburgh, he appeared in 15 games through 62 innings. Uh, in Tampa and Pittsburgh in 2018, he pitched in 45 games, 11 of them were starts, 111 innings. 2019, he was hurt, 12 starts, 60 innings. 2020 was the COVID year. He did start all 11 and threw 57. Last year, or no, 2021, 14 starts, 88 innings. Last year, two starts, six innings. And then this year, came back and threw 120 innings, a career high 120 innings in 21 starts. So do you believe the 120 innings this year or do you believe the rest of the career? The rest of the career, I think, is always something that's a little bit concerning. I would like to believe. How old is he, he by the way? He is 30. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. That That's a tough one. I would say that the rest of the career is something that I might well, look at with that. Do you want to trade with Tampa? Because, uh, you know, no? Tampa's going to ask for somebody that's good. Can we? Mm-hmm. Well, can we get, they, they think they know is good, and we aren't sure. Of. Figured out. Can <laughs> we, we get a Rosarina back. That'd be interesting. <laughs> hey, that a Rosarina guy? How yeah. about that? How about, how about that? How about that? Glassnow is under contract next year for twenty-five million dollars. So here's the way things went yesterday: the Twins over the Blue Jays three to one. Although the back end of the Blue Jays bullpen did pitch very, very well. Twins will go with uh, our guy Sonny Gray today, and they won their first playoff game since two thousand four. So now they're on a roll, and now. They have to pitch Sonny Gray in a playoff game. Uh, Rangers over the Rays, 4-0. Uh, the Rays play in front of the smallest playoff crowd in over a century. Uh, the smallest crowd since the Black Sox scandal in, in the playoffs. Game 9 of the, the 1919 World Series. No one's there? Game 9. It was a best of 9, yeah. I guess that people knew by that point the, the thing was <laughs> fixed. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah. on the up and up. Yeah. 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 Uh, Something here is not right. I don't no, know no, what it is, but uh, yeah, Phillies, feel right. Phillies over the Marlins. Uh, Phillies take a 4 one uh, nothing lead in that series with a 4-1 victory. Crowd was crazy in that one. And the Diamondbacks beat the Brewers 6-3. to Go D-backs. Um, they beat Corbin Burns. So, uh, yeah, go, go, go D-backs. Yes, sir. That, that Phillies game had some interesting things take place. 
All right, so Bryce Harper, we know and love. He's mm-hmm. a he's a hell of a player. Scored from first on a on a double. Well, it ended up being mm-hmm. a triple. He ran through the stop sign. Yep. You know, I I was wondering, and then Craig Kimbrell got on the mound. He he got a runner on second base, and and he's doing his thing, and he yes. comes to set, and he just drops the ball. They just put him at third mm-hmm. base. I don't like him behind me. I, it, it made me wonder if that was taking place during the two o'clock meeting. What, what, did they talk about <laughs> that potentially taking place? You get a runner on second in the bottom of the ninth, just drop the ball, put him at third. Do you think that those, or do you think, Randy? That Bryce Harper running through the stop sign, that was a personal decision by a player, a man on the field, where he made a decision, it was the right decision, and it worked out for the team. Bryce Harper's a ball player, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, he is yes. different than most, and he is not a robot, and Rob mm-hmm. Thompson understands. Give me and some Dave of those D- guys. Dave Dombrowski. Dave Dombrowski understands that these are not robots, that they're men, not machines, that they have a heartbeat in this game. And look at Philadelphia. Look at that team with people like Trey Turner and Castellanos, people that play with emotion yes. and people that play with heart and Wheeler and Nola at the top of the rotation. That right now, and they were in the World Series last year, wouldn't surprise anybody, I don't think, if they came back this year to the World Series. That is an old school baseball team, and they're fun to watch. It's interesting that if you sign players to be who they are and you let them be who they are, good things tend to happen? Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's a key to that. Yeah, but I, I understand that there are some people that like to be in complete control and have it be more like a chess or checkers game rather than people actually playing the game. Unfortunately, for those people that believe that it's just a chess piece, it's not. Those people do have brains and hearts and instinct like Bryce Harper showed. Yeah, well, even in chess, you can't just map out how the chess match is going to go prior. You can't just... You can't. You can't. Sometimes it's computers playing. Yeah. Right? I and guess. That's what some teams want is the computer to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> to me, a human being that, that makes plays. Oh, uh, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, a bad back? Uh, about a week back. Okay. Um, but remember, <laughs> yeah, remember how Albert always used to run through stop signs, and they, the, the, his teammates called him the Phantom because he, here's Albert Pujols. He's the best player in the game. And it, it was kind of like Brett Hall finding the open spot in the ice. People had no idea that Albert Pujols was going to be able to run past, run around third, past the stop sign, and score. And he did it most of the time. I'll, I'll bet he was successful doing that about 90% of the time. I mean, it probably caught the outfitter off guard as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't expect someone that yeah. is not extremely fast to just keep going. Yep. But you make a decision and have conviction in it. Go do it. Yep. If C- it works, it works. City plays tonight back in action in Van Blank and Coover to face off against the White <laughs> yes. You might wonder why. Yes, thank you. Why, why we say Van Blank and Coover. Well, back in, back in the day, with old school hockey players, people like Brian Sutter and Bernie Federico and things like that, they were kind of like being in Boston, where the F word had to be used in pretty much every sense. <laughs> so, you know, so first we go to Calgary and now we go to, we have to go to Van Blank in Coover. It was just so that they could get the word in there. Uh, so, that, oh, okay. so that's that. It, 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 it was just part of the, who they were. You know, they had to they had to say the word. So it became Van Blank and Cooper. I've never felt such camaraderie with people from Boston before. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, they, they like that word. They, they do. do. Um, yes. Is there, those those movies like word. The Town. The Town is a great movie. Oh, it really is. Yeah. I like the movie. It I like is. The movie. What's, what's the other one with Nicholson? Um, oh, um, oh, my God. The Departed. Departed, yeah. yeah. Those movies are great. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of like the Boston Mafia. A little different. 
Yeah, ours was different. You know, ours got shut down. You, back in my day, we've got to ask Uncle Randy, but I'll tell you a little quick thing here. Ask Uncle Randy's coming up have here. a back in my day. Yeah, we do. But back in my day, when I, when I was a youngster, before you guys were born, we used to have a real mafia here in St. Louis. Okay. All right? And so the mafia leader, I think his name was Leisure, died. And so there was a little, not a little, a big battle for the supremacy within the mob here in St. Louis. And one guy... Uh, loses his legs in a car bomb in his driveway. Another guy named Jimmy Michaels is driving down 55 and his car just blows up. Boom. Uh, and then the feds got involved and ruined everything for him. <laughs> but uh, so, But we had, yeah, we, car bombs were going crazy I here in St. Louis. This. I was just about to ask you, do you remember where you were when Jimmy Michaels' car blew up? That was well, going to be my, my question so out the gate. I was in school because the Post-Dispatch used to be an afternoon newspaper. We had the Globe Democrat and the Morning Post-Dispatch in the afternoon. I come home and there's photos of this car blown up on the highway. And usually I go right to the sports page. I said, oh, I got to see this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, and you can, uh, there's a book about it. It's, it's oh, not. I, I'm looking it up right now. You said David Leisure? Oh, uh, yeah, a, there you go. Yeah. There's a thing called Murderpedia that you can look up, mm-hmm. and oh. he's he, listed on there. He had, so. a, he had a moat around his house. Yeah, is he the one that survived or died? Uh, David Was David the leader? Because there was one, one the of the leaders. Okay. And then there was Paul. <laughs> Paul might have been what? the one that... Uh, uh, yeah, he didn't live. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Wow. Uh, this is interesting. Yeah, I'm there, telling you. I'm seeing all this stuff about the car bombing. That was a big issue, huh? It was. Uh-huh. Uh, not that I want it to happen to anybody, but it was very interesting at the time. Mm. So, yeah, we had we had mafia here in town. Wow. did. Uh, and, you know, they, they solved their problems. Here's the thing. It's kind of like throwing at a batter. Uh, if they had a problem, they took care of it themselves. Okay, they didn't need somebody oh. from from the other. They didn't need Major League Baseball or umpires to throw somebody out. They took care of problems themselves and moved on. It's like old school hockey. Okay, you got a beef with somebody, you just beat them up and move on, and you go spend your five minutes in the penalty box, and then you're done. I don't know. If, I don't know if car bombing is is the way to well, go about it's, that. It's, <laughs> It's at different levels, okay? The hockey (laughs) fight and the car bombing are different, but for for them, the car bombing was kind of like getting into a little, like Tony Twist getting into a ruckus with Rob Ray. It's just different. It's it's, 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 it's the same, but different. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay, so we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Speaking of Ask Uncle Randy, back in my day, uh, we've got that coming up for you, and all you need to do is text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Okay, so here we are. It's fall. It's going to be in the 60s this weekend, and so... The greatest time of year, baseball playoffs, football in full swing, hockey starting up. The weather's awesome. This is as good as it gets, folks. So text in if you have any questions about this time of year or any plans you have. Maybe you're in a new relationship and you need a little advice. We're here for you on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. Uncle Randy on a hump day on 101 ESPN. Brooke is here. Carrie is here. Matthew is here. 
and Uncle Randy is here for you. All right, Matthew, what do you got on the on the old text line to help us out here? Dear Uncle Randy, my wife gave me per- permission for three separate full hunting trips four hours away while she keeps the kids, th- all three kids, all weekend each time. Is this a trap or do I go hunt and make sure I just take care of her between the times of each trip? She is being wonderful. And yes, all you have to do is continue to take care of her between each trip. But she cares about you. She wants you to be happy. She knows happy guy, happy life. And you, what you have to do is make sure that it's happy wife, happy life. But that is extraordinarily generous of her with uh, her taking care of the kids. And yeah, and give her the opportunity for, if there's ever the desire on her part, for the, the girl's time out or the girl's trip out. Uh, she's been done really good things for you. And no, it's not a trap. She's just in love with you. It's great. Yeah, it's I nice. don't think she would say that without, because I mean, especially three separate ones. Yeah. I mean, to go ahead and approve that, I'd like the advice that you gave. Just, you know, if you see some things to help her out or maybe give her like a night off prior to that or even when you get back, I think that would be nice. Cook dinner. Take her out. Yeah. Get a babysitter. Dear Uncle Randy, I got promoted yesterday and as of my reward... My wife is encouraging me to buy myself a new driver. No budget. I've never bought my own before. What should my process be? Okay, this is very, very easy. Depending on where you live, you go to Golf Discount, either in O'Fallon, Missouri, or in um, in South County, okay? Uh, ask for Todd in South County. Ask for Chris in, in O'Fallon. They will help you properly fit your driver. They will make sure that you have the perfect driver for yourself. And it will change your game and, ergo, change your life. I have a fitted driver, and it has changed my life and made me a much happier individual. Uh, so that's my recommendation is let them – don't go in with a preconceived idea. The biggest mistake that I have made in the past is getting clubs because they looked cool. Let them recommend a club to you and make sure that it fits great because once you hit it a few times – It'll look really cool once you're you're hitting it well. Mm-hmm. So that'd be my recommendation: is go get it fitted. Uh, and drivers can be ra- ra- rather expensive propositions at times, but again, you're going to get the best price at, with our friends at Golf Discount of St. Louis. And that's not just because uh, they are or have been at least sponsors on the show, but they do great work. I get all my golf stuff. I buy all my golf stuff at Golf Tell Discount. Tell them Randy sent you. Yep, <laughs> and they'll take care of you. Uh, it's funny, we were just talking about this topic uh, before the show, Randy. Dear Uncle Randy, when it comes to a wedding budget, uh, uh, sorry, when it comes to a wedding budget, how can I ensure that we stay relatively close to it? I'm being ganged up by my wife and her, my future wife and her, the daughter. We all agreed to a budget one year ago, and even with inflation factored in, it's getting really, really crazy. They keep adding extra days like bachelorette, engagement, groom parties that we're expecting to pay for also. How do I rein this in? Yeah, I would, uh, I, I'm going to defer to the, the woman that is going to get married next year but i will say this because michelle smallman was talking about the outrageous cost of weddings this morning on mm-hmm. on sportsmanlike and it does appear to be outrageous here's the the thing that i would say first brooke before i give you the floor the wedding is going to be one day you plan on having a house for years and years and years mm-hmm. my thought process would be not a recommendation my thought process is I would prefer to spend my money on a house than the wedding day. A hundred percent. I I totally agree. And that's and that's tailored to everybody's lifestyle, right? Like if you already have a house, then it's a little bit different. But I 
uh, weddings are so crazy expensive. So I completely understand. 50% of them don't even work. Oh, no. <laughs> They're so expensive. I think if you came up with a budget, then you try to continue to stick to that as much as possible. And like even breaking things down on kind of, you know, something like we we have, you know, different budgets that we had already in mind for things like asked around with people like how much did you spend on this what should we be expecting and even weddings that you went to i think that that helps but weddings i'm telling you wedding culture has gotten just insane with the expectations of like what you're supposed to do and it's such a competitive industry that i mean some of the vendors that we discuss and we like our vendors that we have right now so it's nothing against them but they're they would be like okay well you have 24 hours to put your deposit down i'm like i don't even have time to think about this like these are like very expensive decisions to make my biggest advice is just to maybe reiterate the day is about you, not about the guests. Yes, it's nice for your guests to take the time to come, but you have to remember at the end of the day, it's what is best for you guys as a couple. The people there should not be caring about how many flowers you have, how many you know different things you have decoration-wise. It should be about what everybody's there for, which is celebrating the ceremony between you two. I advice, Cousin Brooke. I, I don't think you should go broke. No, it's no. not Preparing worth any a, of that. For a wedding... Yeah. That for for a marriage that is going to last, hopefully, you know, many many years. Yeah. But you, yeah. So you mentioned that there was a daughter involved here, right? Yeah, I believe so. it was it was a little convoluted, but I'm guessing he's the father of the bride. Okay, and that's what, and that's why, oh, okay. and that's what he's dealing oh, with is that his wife, yeah. okay. and the daughter who's getting married are both running uh, a little rampant. And on I him. cannot, yeah, no. uh, obviously <laughs> relate to this. No. Carrie cannot relate to this, but for a lot of people, a lot of <laughs> women. And Brooke, you see this. Cool. You've seen this throughout your life, and we've actually talked about this. For a lot of women, they're thinking more about the wedding than the marriage. Mm. And so, I'm I'm thinking more long term rather than that particular day. But I think there are a lot of a lot of women. I don't blame them. They've grown up having a dream wedding, right? They they they've got their vision of what they want to do, but. Yeah, Th- that's the other thing that I would try to convince people to think of is think about the marriage rather than the wedding. Yeah, and then try to save some money along the way, and mm-hmm. you have a budget. Hopefully, they already had a budget in mind before they started wedding planning, so that way you could always mm-hmm. defer back to that and say, "Well, this is what we had." Of course, some things might cost just a little bit mm-hmm. extra, but then you know, okay, what are some things we can cut out? You yeah. know, do we need a videographer? Do we need you know a giant? flower piece over the cake you know it's yeah. it's things that you can cut out that aren't necessary right and depend okay two things and what two, are they going to yeah. think when they show up yeah you know and they don't see the flower over the yep. cake the flowers over the, it you didn't Cascading. spend fifty thousand um, dollars on one day <laughs> two two tidbits of advice and this used to be a given in st louis obviously not right now but in general don't schedule a wedding in October in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And don't schedule a wedding on Final Four weekend, please. <laughs> please don't schedule a wedding on Final Four weekend. I've had that happen twice. Really? Not great. Not great. Yeah. Come on. I'll add one. Think I, about Randy. I'll add one because I almost <laughs> ran into this uh, situation. Don't do an out-of-town weekend one on the Saturday before the Super Bowl. Yeah, there you go. Oh. Yeah. No, no. Unless it's in the Super Bowl city or Vegas. That's the only, uh, that that's good caveats. Uh, Uncle Randy, I wanted to travel for Christmas this year. The kids are older and gifts are silly at their age. A vacation over the holiday somewhere sound, that's, that's warm sounds great. The problem is my dad won't travel and I feel bad leaving him alone on Christmas. What should we do? 
Uh, you have a finite amount of time with your dad, so take advantage of that time that you have. And obviously, you have a finite of time, uh, amount of time with everybody in your family. But if your dad can't or won't travel, spend Christmas with him. Here's another thing you can do, by the way. If you want to travel over the holidays, leave on Christmas Day. Have Christmas morning with Dad mm. and then leave on Christmas Day and take your trip between Christmas and New Year's. That's a great idea. Yeah, that is. And uh, traveling on Christmas Day, it's, it's always slow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, fly then. That's, um, that's, Uncle Randy's got an answer for you, baby. Yes, I, <laughs> I legitimately love that answer so much. Uh, we just got the... This is a weird configuration. This is We just got the weirdest Uncle Randy we've ever gotten. Love Dear it. Uncle Randy, my wife is really good at buying nice decorations. She is not, however, good at keeping a strong theme. Our rustic picture frame does not go with that African vase. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> this is the same guy, by the way, who texted a few weeks ago and, and, and dropped the Magnolia Network. Oh, is he the same one as yeah, this guy's got, a, this guy's got a, uh, This guy's got his own eye. It sounds, like, it sounds right like, now. like he needs to start he, designing I, I something. I think so. Yeah. yeah. If everything matches, I'm cool with it. He's saying it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. He's saying it really doesn't. Okay. Like Doesn't even color wise, he says she, yeah. he's, she's she's good at finding a good deal on the decorations. Yeah. but the rustic frame doesn't go with the African face. Okay, yeah. it sounds like he maybe is into interior design. So mm-hmm. I wish that maybe they could collaborate on some things. So it sounds like he has like an idea and an eye for that because yep. I I wouldn't know anything no. about like any. I don't know how to do that stuff with I'm interior design. Yeah, yeah. So I would be the person that's like putting just weird things together. I would too. That's why I say it doesn't seem like a big deal to me. But if it is a big <laughs> deal for you. Here's the way I would do it. I would say, hey, babe, why don't we move this African vase into this room and then we'll move this vase into this room so that they are a little bit more in line with a thematic hope that we have to hope to have in each room. So we've got one set of decorations in the living room, one in the family room, one in the... in. Put the stuff that you really hate downstairs. But that's that, that's the way I do it. And I'm like you guys. I would not be a great interior decorator. I and certainly not a thematic interior decorator. <laughs> and I'm colorblind. So no. there's a, I'm over oh, three. Tell us that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, then you really you know, would struggle putting things yeah. together in certain <laughs> that, rooms. That, why is that dark green <laughs> frame on in, in, in our Room, that's black. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of carbine are do you know? Which which kind it's of a, is like for the the Chicago Bears helmets? I see those as black. <laughs> really? Oh, yep. okay. Do, if, can you tell the difference between red and green? Red and green is tough. Or okay. if I put a penny on a green to mark a ball, inevitably. Or here's the worst. Oh. Like yesterday, I'm playing. You guys see a bright red flag a hundred yards away mm-hmm. against a tree or green. I, it takes me forever to find a flag, really, because mm. of the red and green mesh together. Oh, yeah. So you just need like a bright, like white T like marker for the for on the on the green. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's or something big, but just not a penny. Thank you. Oh, Christmas must be rough for you. Did you ever see? Because a lot of red green. Um, Colorblind people when the Jets and Bills did the color rush. Yes, if you just Google yeah. uh, Jets oh, Bills colorblind, yeah, uh, we saw it all the same. Yeah, it was kind of couldn't tell. No, <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Is that it? Are we done? You got one more. We're done. Okay, good. That's Ask Uncle Randy. Thank you so much for your texts. We do appreciate them. And by the way, if you want to watch us, we got a new thing on our show rundown here. We've got studio cam studio cams presented by the Air Alliance team. And if you just go to YouTube and go to 101 ESPN STL, you can watch us. You can actually watch us do this show. 
Coming up next, we've got NFL news and notes on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for NFL news and notes tomorrow, Thursday night football. <laughs> I got to laugh. Bears and Commanders. Oh. <laughs> Bears and Commanders. It, it'll be worth it if you have a year. Pretty much everybody in the world has Amazon Prime, right? So you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. But it'll be worth it if you don't have Amazon Prime just to get it so you can hear Al Michaels complain tomorrow night <laughs> about the football game that you're going to have to endure. Endure is a great word. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> to, to describe whatever word. that is. Yeah. yeah. All right. I don't know, man. The Brown, the Bears, it's it's not bad. Oh, and four, it's not great. The Bears, Broncos, Browns—they are all essentially. There's one organization just rotating, different colors. If I were, <laughs> yeah, a insane. Chicago talk show host, I would be flabbergasted because I am that Matt Eberflus is still the head coach of the Chicago Bears. Yeah. Well, they're probably going to wait the year out. I, if making a change right now is not going to change anything. I mean, if you if you remove him from that position, what do you... you already Your defensive coordinator already He left. left. Yeah, Alamo, oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's one of the reasons. I, for me, CD, it would be perception. Because this guy, like you've got your PR staff saying, we told Chase Claypool to stay home. And you've got the coach saying, that was a game day decision. It was his choice. Mm. You've got the whole Alan Williams situation where he won't answer questions. And evidently, he and his staff are not very good. <laughs> well, no. If you, you you're having trouble winning football games, that would make you. That's kind of the 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 job. You got to win football games in order to keep your job. But <laughs> kind of, <laughs> if you're not able to do that, you're probably not going to have a job much longer. I, the 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 Eberflus and, and Chase Claypool incident is intriguing because normally, if you're told to not show up, you you, you won't show up. But if you if you don't know. And you don't know you're not dressing, you would probably get to the game, not see your stuff in the locker room, and then go home. So it sounds to me like maybe Eberflus didn't want to have that conversation in that moment and just say, hey, yeah, we, we, we're we sick of it. Yeah, let me just give you a play here it, because it is a perception thing and you're in Chicago. Here's what I would do. I would hire Mike Singletary as my head coach, not, not unlike the coach uh, in Indy last year, like uh, Jeff Saturday getting the job. Mm. Bring it, Singletary's wanted to coach that team for a long time. Say, okay, here you've got it for a dozen games, uh, and uh, let's let's see how it goes, but we, we want you to be our guy. He's wanted that job before. I don't know if he would want it now. But at least Bears fans can latch on to, well, here's the guy that was the key to the 1985 team. I think you need to give those fans something to latch on to. I'm looking at Eberflus's record. He's one. He's 3-18. Oh, he's bad. But he's only been there two years. He was a bad assistant coach, too. Yeah. And, and I say this with all due respect. <laughs> he was a Gary Pinkle guy, right? He was mm-hmm. a defensive coordinator at Mizzou, and they had some pretty good defenses. But uh, from what, everything I understand in Dallas, he was not really well thought of, and that didn't break their heart when he left there. And in Indy, he was not highly thought of at all, and it didn't break yeah. their they, they thought that when he got the Bears job in Indy, that it was a huge upgrade just because he left. Well, uh, the Bears are, are a terrible organization, terrible franchise in this moment. <laughs> and they have, and yeah. they have they have nobody on their staff where you say, okay. Where they could take over right, even for a little bit? Right, you say that's an interview. Yeah, that, that was my question is, do you just 
get rid of him and have an interim takeover because you also have to figure out what you have with Justin Fields, right? I mean, Fields came in with so much promise. And I, well, I know you say that with the Bears, but still better than what you were expecting that you've seen from him this season. Do you not try to do that by before the season ends just so that you can evaluate where he's at? One thing we're seeing with Nathaniel Hackett Mm -hmm. and with Luke Getze is that Matt LaFleur is a genius. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he is. He, and, and he's won like 70% of his games. He's yeah. a really yeah. good offensive mind. Yeah. And, you know, it, he's a really good coach. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other big thing that I wanted to ask you about, the Giants losing two players <laughs> due to the tush push. I'm calling it the tush push because I think that's what it should be called. Should. CD, why are teams still doing this if they're not Jalen Hurts and the Eagles? Uh, I mean, every, <laughs> so it's a copycat league. Everyone wants to do what works for if it works for one team, they want to try it. They want to see if it's going to work. Jalen Hurts squats like 600 pounds. So yeah. I think that that helps in this. We, we They call it the brotherly shove now. I like yeah. tush push. I know. I... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you can't, you, brotherly shove works in Philly, but not, not everywhere else. else. So yeah. tush push in, in other cities. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a quarterback sneak. You should be able to get one yard or half a yard. Uh, it, all you need to do is be lower than the defensive line. And go forward. And then it's on the quarterback to find that open space mm-hmm. to get that one yard. And, and the Giants ran it and clearly didn't have success with it. No. So uh, injured shoulder and knee injury coming out of that That's failed ridiculous. attempt. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It, come on, man. Okay. You got to be a little tougher. CD, I got to come on, man, for you. Okay. We, we have a ton of respect. You love Coach T. Yes. All right. Coach T is not suggesting that play calling is a problem. He says, we just aren't physical enough. We need to practice in pads on Wednesdays. Oh, let me tell you something, Pittsburgh Steelers. You do not want that man to have to have you practice in pads every Wednesday because he will take it to the extreme and you will be practicing in pads in week 17. You're going to figure it out one way or another. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's it's too much. Normally in the NFL, you know, you get to about week eight. I know I know Ike and, and Mike Jones, they didn't have any sympathy for me because they had, they went through hell. So I get it. But our my version of it was, was bad as well. Right. And now did you, have, did you have the 14-day? You only get 14 full pa- fully no, padded practices. Hell no, this year. We had no. however many days you they wanted. wanted. To, mm-hmm. We were in full pads for both practices in, in training camp. Backs on backers, blitz pickup every single day, middle drill, nine on seven. Like it was it was full throttle every single day. You had to do it. They have to recognize that Matt Canada's a problem there. Somebody's Man. gotta be the adult in the room. They gotta they I do think getting back to the physicality part, you you putting them pads on, getting you some some inside run going on, some some blitz pickup, some physical parts of the game, physical nature, blitz, all of that, just just get to it. Cause it's not it is not great right now. Are they gonna no. have their first losing season under Tomlin? Oh man, I think this defense holds them together. I think the defense will will be able. I mean, they won the Browns game. They, they, the defense yeah. did. They scored uh, a couple of times. I think that is going to be what's going to help them keep it together. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. I think that that's what you said too about the physicality. That's what I think of with the Steelers is that physicality, and so to be able to bring that at, back. And also with Matt Canada, I think he has to go, right? Like, yeah, especially if, the, if they finish with a losing season. I'm not a, a, a proponent of anyone losing their job. But again, this is a business Rehomed. where... Rehome. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, Rehome. <laughs> if anyone doesn't perform well, you don't get to keep your job. It's too yeah. many... There are too many people vying for those positions for you to keep that job if it's not at a high level. So 
Uh, I was surprised that Matt Canada was re returned as the OC for this season. Yeah. I don't think it'll happen again. No, it's it's very interesting because it feels like with NFL coaching, once you get into the fraternity, like literally you will never get out unless there. you want That's to. And part, you could be yeah. bad or yeah, right. I'm not saying he's terrible, but I'm just saying you could be bad and not ex- exactly perform your jobly duties and still get another job elsewhere. And they've got a guy on their staff, Mike Sullivan, their quarterback's coach, who was the quarterback's coach for a couple of championship teams in New York with the Giants. I don't. Uh, for, for me, what I, when I watch them, they need a philosophical change. They don't call. Pl- and I'm, I am not somebody who complains about play callers, but with this guy, I do because the play calling just doesn't seem to be sensible. It's not Steelers play calling. Mm. It's not. It, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe having Ben Roethlisberger makes play calling easier. It does, but you know what also makes life easier when you run the damn ball. Yeah. Mm. Get under center, mm-hmm. run the ball. You got a very good tight end. I know he's hurt right now, but you have enough pieces. Now, offensive line-wise, maybe they still need to grow up. They 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 still have some room for improvement, but run the football, man. Yeah. Put get under center, run the ball, play action fake, do what Kenny Pickett does and makes him comfortable. Not try to fit him into the mold that you feel is best for your offense. Do what the quarterback does best. Give them an opportunity to be successful. We have football for you this weekend here on 101 ESPN. Steelers and Ravens at noon, so you will hear those Steelers. Good luck against the Ravens. Broncos and Jets at 325. Broncos and Jets at 325 right here on 101 ESPN. Feel free to take a nap on Sunday afternoon. And then uh, Cowboys and Niners for Sunday night football. You sleep right through that one, huh? Yeah. Yeah. You're not missing anything. I think, now, if you're driving around, don't take a don't nap. Don't take a nap. Yeah, but uh, man, if that you're one's listening on, on the app at home. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You sleep right through that. Coming up, we've got Take It or Leave It. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in test 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Teoli on 101 ESPN and the wild card round continues tonight here on 101 ESPN with the Phillies and Marlins game two of their series. We also have during the course of the weekend more playoff baseball and we don't have MVPs for this wild card round. But once we get to the, the championship series and the World Series, <laughs> we do have MVPs. Uh, Brooke and Kerry, take it or leave it. A former Cardinal will win a postseason MVP this postseason. Mm. Uh, I'll take it. I'm going to take mm. it. Whether it's Jordan Montgomery or one of the relievers or a Rosarena or Garcia or somebody, so, uh, there will be a former Cardinal that wins one of those awards. Uh, I'll take it. Brooke, mm. you're, you're, I'm going to take it too. Yeah, mm. I'll take it. Yeah. How many are there playing? Do, do we see team, the list? Every team. Except for the Brewers. Except for the Brewers and uh, the. Um, they're, the what. Uh, there's an American League team too, and Alcantara's. I don't think Alcantara's going to pitch. Yeah, Zach Gallon's going tonight. Yeah, 
And so, then future Cardinal Sonny Gray, if you want to go ahead and count oh, him sure. oh, into yeah, it. We, we, yeah, we okay. that. that's, Well, Brooke, Brooke, it's playoff time. <laughs> so that's a, that's a negative? Poor Sonny Gray. He'll just never. He's going to be a St. Louis Cardinal, and then he'll he'll find out how Randy feels about him. It'll be I sad. was looking at that game last night, and I, I got kind of down. Yeah, because that environment in Philly looked really fun. Oh mm-hmm. man, and I don't know that Aaron Nola, uh, if given a, a a contract that is equal to, is going to choose anywhere else over Philadelphia. That is, a, a, but you know what? It's a fun atmosphere here. It'll be wild yeah, when the Cardinals is. get back to the playoffs. But you you don't leave the known for the unknown if all things are equal. Generally, uh, well, people go where the money goes. So that's that, what I'm saying. If it's yeah. equal, if if they yeah. are, if the Cardinals are not, and I'm not talking like. Two, three million more. I'm talking about 10, 15, 20 million more. Mm-hmm. Then we we have a may have a deal. Yeah, Houston, by the way, does not have a former Cardinal. It's oh. the the Brewers and the Astros. Mm. Hmm. So, which is no surprise. I don't think that they like working with the Cardinals. Didn't they have one last year? Wasn't the Lemus Diaz? Lemus Diaz, yeah, he's not there. That was my guy. I yeah, like those Lemus Diaz. One, year. He was. one yeah. good year. <laughs> Get you paid most times. Donovan Solano <laughs> with the Twins. Obviously, we know the Blue Jays guys. Garcia, Montgomery, Stratton with the Rangers, Rosarena with Tampa, Atlanta has Ozuna, Philly has Edmund Osos is probably not going to win postseason award. Uh, the Marlins, uh, as we mentioned, Alcantara isn't going to do anything there. Uh, Doyers have still Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn. I don't think Colton Wong's eligible for the playoffs. And then the Diamondbacks with uh, Pham and Gowan. Yeah, pretty good players. Yeah, pretty good. Yep. So we were talking about team. coaches and, and things that Eberflus and all these other guys. Take it or leave it. There are going to be at least four openings for NFL head coaches at the end of the season. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take that for sure. I got McDaniels, Dennis Allen, Arthur Smith, Eberflus, Brandon Staley, mm-hmm. and that's five. And maybe— You think Arthur Smith gets whacked? Randy. They it's... have drafted—they have drafted— in the last three years, they've drafted a wide receiver slash tight end in the first round, mm-hmm. a wide receiver in the first round, mm-hmm. a running back in the first round, and no, only the running back gets the ball. So what? what, what it's because of the quarterback that they drafted, and he's not drafting guys. He, he he's there, so he can't get. Even in Tennessee, what did you know? What did you know Arthur Smith for? Uh, <laughs> handing the ball off to there Derek. There you Henry. go. Yes, so exactly. That's what he and does. Being well. the uh, FedEx guy's son. Is he? Fred Smith, owner of FedEx. Really? Arthur Smith. How did I not know that? No way. Yeah. Mm, Wow. So he's got a gig after he gets whacked by the... There you go. But do you you think it will be more musical chairs, what we were talking about, of it just being a fraternity in the NFL, where it's going to be just basically musical chairs, everybody switching around jobs, essentially? We're running out of old old boy network guys. Yeah, you got to get some youth in there, some young blood, some guys that are up and coming, some former players, some guys that are maybe coached at at the collegiate level. You're not going to get those named guys. Lincoln Riley's not leaving USC to go coach for no. the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't. Or for the Atlanta Falcons. That That's not going to sure. happen. Among those four, take it or leave it, Belichick is one of them. I, that, that's another one. Uh, and, Ooh, and, and yeah. what about Mike Vrabel? Yeah, that, I can tell I, you that's uh, it's getting a little tense there in Tennessee. I know that that was a good win against the Bengals, but still just the fact that they've been so hot and cold. This felt like a very, very important season for him because also, mind you, Derrick Henry, this is the last year of his contract. So there's going to be a lot depending on is he going to stay? Is he going to go? 
there's a lot of question marks surrounding that. So it felt like this season needs to be a really big one for Vrabel. Gonna be intriguing. Yeah. Ron Rivera as well. I think there's a chance that yeah. he could be out there. Yeah. 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 Take it or leave it, guys. We didn't get to touch on this in the NFL news and notes, but it is interesting. Aaron Rodgers apparently is doing really well on his recovery. You guys saw this past weekend where he was walking around on crutches and people were like, wow, that is a lot quicker than expected. And he is eyeing a return this season. Take it or leave it. He will return this season. Leave, leave it. I, I agree with you guys. I just wouldn't ask it, but I feel like that would be too soon. Think about Wayno and Wayno in a different sport. It took him five months, and he, he was pitching. And pitching is hard, but playing quarterback and running around is a different animal altogether. If, if it took Wayno five, there's no way Rodgers gets back in four to play football. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that that offensive line is not going to be better by the <laughs> no. time he returns, which is part of the reason why he's out now because he's – under pressure. And the record yeah. won't be worth it for him no. to come back. No. no. It just doesn't seem worth it whatsoever. All right, Matthew, what do you got on the text line there? He's thinking, thinking, thinking. <laughs> thinking. Take it or leave it. If someone beats Calvin Jonkel, if someone beats Calvin Johnson's single season receiving single season receiving record while a lot of us is there, they should be the MVP. <laughs> the uh-huh. MVP or the yes. offensive player of the year? I said MVP. Uh, there no. I, here's the thing. There was a uh, two thousand yards. Was talking about this. Yeah, I know. Here, uh, I, I, there was someone talking about this that the quarterback should have their own award. There should, they should. It yes. shouldn't be yeah. the MVP because essentially you have made quarterbacks the MVP every single year. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it's really unfair to all of the other positions, no matter how well they play. They're never going. Quarterback touches the ball every single play. Mm-hmm. Every, mm-hmm. Every, they are the them and the center are the only two people that touch <laughs> the ball every single play. So. You're never going to have a position player have as many opportunities as a quarterback. It, so, no, I'll leave it until they make a decision to give the quarterbacks their own set of uh, awards. Why do, you hate, quarterback why do you hate Tua? Take well, no, here's one other point. If you want to apply the word valuable, if A.J. Brown catches passes for 2,000 yards, that's a wonderful thing. However... If Marcus Mariota is the quarterback for the Eagles, is A.J. Brown going to catch 2,000 yards worth of passes? Uh, Rather than no. Jalen Hurts. Marcus no. Mariota? No. It's going to be a lot harder for him to do it. Yeah. yeah. If, if Marcus Mariota is throwing A.J. <laughs> Brown 2,000 yards worth of passes, then A.J. Brown is indeed your MVP. Then Brooke is really pissed. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's too much. That's too much. I would have to look away from that. Yeah. To have Marcus Mar- Mariota actually pan out and A.J. Brown continue to just throw it back in the Titans' face, that's too much. That was a bad era um, in Tennessee was the Marcus Mariota era. But there was a lot of those. I was asking yesterday, I asked Randy this, but this is a little off subject, but take it or leave it, Vince Young, probably would have been more successful if Jeff Fisher wasn't his head coach. Vince Young would have been, I think Vince Vince was Vince's own problem. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know him personally, but I think, you know, young player trying to figure things out, if you dial in and, and lock in a little bit more, probably would have had more success. Sometimes, Not you know, spending all that you money gotta be, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Restaurants. Uh, here's, <laughs> and here was my comp. If, if Vince Young, his head coach, is Jim Harbaugh and his offensive coordinator is Greg Roman. How much oh, different is his career? Probably a lot different. Yeah, but it, but again, it, it it's on the player. Like the player has to lock in, dial in, and not have all of the other outside factors. When you're a young player, that's the most mm-hmm. important time to to really 
You can party and hang out. I'm not saying that that's what Vince was doing, but you can do no, all there of the were other pictures things. Of it. Okay, well, you can do all the other things <laughs> afterwards. Like if you want to be a successful player, you have to really dial into the fundamentals and, and be tuned in every single day. I think there. Let me if let me try shirtless Vince Young for, uh, on Google. <laughs> oh, that's we'll bring up. You remember some that? Edges. I don't know this, uh, this uh, random uh, conversation uh, of that era of the Titans. Maybe look up where Norm Chow's yeah. coaching right now. Yeah, just if if you kids just want to Google shirtless Vince Young at the club, it's uh, it's there. Yeah, he, he was, was just having fun. He was. He, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was. He, he could go shirtless, and he, he made it work. He there you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. He, although he did look like he might have uh, had a few drinks. <laughs> He's Ta- just celebrating. That's <laughs> it. We definitely had a few drinks out at night. Yeah. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Aaron Rodgers went to Columbia or, or another yeah. south of the border country and got stem cell therapy on that Achilles. Oh, take oh. it. Oh, take I'm it. gonna take that. Thousand yeah. percent. Yep. Take he, got, it. he called. Uh, uh, Peyton Manning and said, "Hey, where'd you get that uh, stuff done in, in Europe? Remember when Manning? Oh, then you get some for, for his, his neck. neck. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. thought you were talking about like when he that what was it that was sent to his house and it was oh, to his wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that what you're talking Wait, about? What? You don't remember that? You don't remember that? Peyton? Yes. You didn't know that? You don't remember that for his, his neck issue? Just for his yeah. wife. But it was for his yeah. wife, CD. So it wasn't him. Yeah, it's okay. We all forgot about it. There was a former Cardinal reliever that they traded to Cleveland." Was it Chris Perez? It was a good closer. I think so, yeah. And he, he had stuff mailed to his dog. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Did he really? Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, nobody would suspect anything with that. Oh, never. No. Yeah. Thank you. Ni- you got one more? One 19-year-old in college hasn't tried that one. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Take it or leave it. Pareko's most improved player this year. Take it. Mm, most Ooh, improved. Most improved. That's I'm going to leave said. it. Cairo. Uh, Cleveland Indians closer Chris Perez fined $250 and sentenced to one-year probation after pleading no contest to a misdemeanor charge stemming from his June arrest after a package containing nine ounces of marijuana was delivered to his house oh, in his dog's that. name. I do remember that. Was it sent to Skippy? And they were like, huh, that's a little weird. weird like, no last name, huh? Yeah. Let's see if we can find it. I do remember that. <laughs> see, he should, he, yeah, he really shouldn't have put Scooby on the, yeah. on the tag. Uh, Scooby, yeah. yeah. Uh, Said some red flags. What was the dog's name? Come on. Cute dog. Looks like it might have had I'm gonna go with Puff. I'm gonna go with Puff as the name of the dog. It, it needed to be able Doobie? to relax. Doobie would have been a good one. Yeah. The dog did, yeah. yeah. Probably may have had anxiety. Uh Brody was the dog's name. Brody. It's oh, okay. a very surfer name. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah. that's, uh, that's that works. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your text and things you just don't learn anywhere else, but right here <laughs> in the opening drive on 101 ESPN. We're informative. <laughs> Uh, coming up next, should the Cardinals look across the ocean for their 2024 starting reinforcements? Do they have pitchers in London now? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and... Carrie Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It is the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And we're t- we talk a lot about the American pitchers or the pitchers that are pitching in America that are free agents at the moment for the Cardinals in 2024. We talk about uh, Aaron Nola. We talk about Blake Snell. We talk about Sonny Gray. 
And here on this particular show, we really haven't talked a lot about the possibility of the Cardinals going out and exploring the Asian market again, which they've done before with a level of success. They had KK a couple of years ago, and he was really good in his first year, not so good in his second. They've had Soon Wan Oh, who uh, came over and did good work. They've had position players like So Taguchi, who is a Cardinal icon. Well, there's a couple of uh, players out there that are really intriguing for major league teams. One is Yoshinobu Yamamoto. He is apparently ready to become a star at the major league level after this season. Should the Cardinals, who have had a level of success as we mentioned in the Asian market, should they be looking at these guys as frontline starting pitchers? That's the first question. I, I would say that's a roll of the dice. It is. I, it is a roll of dice. And what's interesting about Yamamoto, he is very dominant and there is a lot of stories about how he will have a lot of success here. You just don't know. But that's kind of what you do with all pitchers, right? Whether that's Japanese pitchers or here in the U.S., it feels like it's a roll of the dice anyways. Yamamoto, though, is just very interesting and very dominant. I think he had like a league best, like 1.32 ERA mm -hmm. at one point. In 150 innings. Yeah, in 150 innings this season. And The only thing is just his size. And I think he's around 5'10". A lot of people have had some concerns about that, about how that will go over here in the U.S. We clearly, if we want Sonny Gray, we have no problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> how tall is Sonny Gray? 5'10". Is he 5'10"? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You so, should know that. I should. I Yes, he is a Smyrna boy, which that is near. That's actually where Jalen Ramsey's from, too. Hmm. So, very good for Smyrna. Jalen Ramsey has a Super Bowl ring. Mm -hmm. So, Sonny Gray can get a world championship. Uh, I don't he's going he's to win a Hey, he's, he's going to MVP. Yeah. This house, this postseason. Just to taunt me. Yep. That's I, fine. Yeah. Yamamoto, I think, is I I would love to have Yamamoto. I just think he's gonna be way out of the possible price range with what they're predicting. I mean, it and seems they're predicting... like two hundred million? Yeah. yeah. So starting is, out at two hundred million. What's the number that uh, we talk about this we talked about this last offseason, Randy, and we, we talked about the Cardinals were going to spend more money. Okay, technically they did. Mm -hmm. but not to the tune in which it was implied. Mm -hmm. And so when you're talking about the Cardinals needing pitching this offseason, you're talking about needing some some aces. You're going to have to spend some money. You're going to be spending upwards to $30, 35000000 million a year for a pitcher. And I don't think they'll do that for two pitchers. I don't think they'll put $60 million, $70 million a year for two guys. Mm -hmm. So what is the number that the Cardinals are going to be comfortable with, comfortable with, with spending – on starting pitching this offseason. How, how, how high will they go for one for, for per year? I don't know how desperate they are. That's the thing. They've got to have a level of desperation. They've got to be very they desperate. They should be but desperate. I, but the but, finances is never feels to me like it's never that much of a desperate situ situation. No, and I, I still, uh, until proven otherwise, I still believe that the Cardinals think they're smarter than most. We will find out if that's indeed the case. But if you can get a 25-year-old rather than Nola, Snell, Sonny Gray, Nola and Snell are both north of 30, yes. Gray is 34. If you can get a 25-year-old. Which is what Yamamoto is. Yep, and yeah. not, mm -hmm. not many miles on the arm because they pitch every sixth day in Japan. Maybe that's the direction the Cardinals should go. The thing is, is that, and I know that 
even though they list some of the writers list some of the teams, that doesn't necessarily mean those are the only teams that are looking. But it seems like the Yankees are very interested in spending that money for mm-hmm. Yamamoto. I have seen the Cardinals in possible connections with Shono Emanaga, which is another starting pitcher. He is a little bit older. I believe he's 30 years old. He doesn't uh, come with as much of the prestige that you're hearing with Yamamoto, but he's another kind of intriguing candidate. I think that he would profile probably more as like a 2-3. And so I don't know that that necessarily solves your, if you're looking for like a certified ace or somebody who's going to be frontline starter like that, I don't know if he exactly solves all those problems, but that's just another possibility there. And he won't cost as much as Yamamoto, but there's a reason why he doesn't cost as much as Yamamoto. In a piece at MLB.com, John Morosi writes that Talent evaluators believe that Yamamoto's rookie year could be comparable to you, Darvish. Yeah, I saw He was 16-9 with a 3.9 and 29 starts. Mm-hmm. If the Cardinals could get that next year, I would take that. I, I, that would be front of the rotation material for the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading this as well. They're talking about Yamamoto's, his athleticism. He's been compared to Marcus Stroman. So well, and that's how, probably more because of the 5'10". The gold glove, yes. two-time yeah. all-star. Like, like, still, the athleticism is important. The ability... Is he going to be able to eat up the innings in that manner? You talk about the six-man rotation mm-hmm. that they have in Japan. 150 innings in six-man rotation is not yeah. terrible. No, It's very good. But it, it would be unfair to expect more than 150 innings out of the it, guy. Yeah. Okay. But either way, the, the bottom line is how much are they willing to spend? Somewhere in the range of six or seven years for $200 million? That, That's yeah. 28 to yeah. $33 million per year. Yeah. Are the Cardinals going to spend that much money on a pitcher, a an unknown commodity? He he's known over there, but how well will he perform here? And then at 25, I think is a great age. I think that's a wonderful age. Aaron Nola is a little bit older. Sonny Gray is is 34, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So those mm-hmm. guys are Aaron Nola is 30. Uh, Sonny Gray is 34. Those guys are older, but have done it at at, at a higher level here. I think it's just a concern about where the Cardinals are going to spend the money and how much are they willing to spend because I personally have not seen a you know an ability to do so. They have a budget. They're going to live within now that budget might expand, but they're going to live within a budget. By the way, in September, there were 26 scouts and executives from 10 MLB teams. This is September 13th that were on hand to watch Imanga and the Cardinals were conspicuously absent. That doesn't mean anything, but yeah. the Yankees, Red Sox, Jays, Rangers, Phillies, Cubs, Reds, Diamondbacks, Giants, and Padres were there. We know that the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Rangers, Phillies, and Padres really like to spend money. The Giants have a lot of dry powder, as the Cardinals call it. Uh, Arizona, Cincinnati, Cubs, we don't know, are other teams that were there, but Seems like everybody that likes to spend money is going to be in on the starting pitching market. Well, because there's not much inventory out no. there, right? And everybody needs a starting pitcher. So this is going to be uh, kind of a tough situation for everyone. Great if you're a starting pitcher because it's just continuing to drive up the price, especially with Urias being um, out of that whole situation. So what then that, that takes him out of it. And so then you have... It just doesn't feel like enough of an inventory for starting pitchers. No. But Imanaga is very interesting. I could see maybe the Cardinals. He would be more, I would assume, in the price range. I would love to get Yamamoto. But like you were saying, Carrie, it is a big question mark. If you're spending the money for a Japanese pitcher, then I would want more of a sure thing like Yamamoto. And that's the thing. is, You, you hope that he's a sure thing. You hope. But you yes. just don't know. No. Yeah. 
That's Brooke, that's Carrie, I'm Randy, and that's today's Fresh Take on 101 ESPN. And next up, we're going to talk to our buddy Jamie Rivers as we get ready for more Blues action tomorrow night. They're at Dallas. Talk to Rivers about where the Blues stand in training camp right now on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Grimsley and Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. We go now to the celebrity line, and one of our favorite celebrities is Jamie Rivers, who is, of course, co-host of our afternoon drive show, The Fast Lane, and he's also the new analyst on Bally Sports for Blues Hockey. Uh, Rivs, good morning. How are you doing? Good, guys. How are you doing? Everything's good. Okay, we got to start with this, a non-hockey question. Is your American League team the Toronto Blue Jays? Uh, wow. I, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays because Mama Rivers, my mom, is a diehard Blue Jays fan. And I feel like the least I can do is support the one Canadian team that we have. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I was talking to Dan Schulman, their TV voice, when they came in on opening day. And he was talking about how when they go to Vancouver... Uh, uh, or, or when they go to Seattle, people from Vancouver come down and they sell out all of the Seattle games because across the entire country, east to west, because it is Canada's team, everybody in Canada loves the Blue Jays. Yeah, they're obviously the, the number one draw there. And I do hear rumblings again, Randy, that the Montreal Expos might make a return. And so that's exciting news, too, because I used to I grew up watching Expos baseball and obviously, we know that they, they moved the team and whatnot. But I think it'd be fun to have a couple of Canadian teams back in there. Well, when you draw 19,000 to a playoff game like Tampa did yesterday, yeah, they probably should be the Montreal Expos. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get a lot more than 19,000 in Montreal. Yes, they sure. would. No doubt about it. <laughs> well, Jamie, I think we're all ready for the season to start and to get away from preseason play. But what have you seen so far? Any other takeaways that you've seen recently in preseason play with the Blues? The biggest thing I've noticed in practice and in games is that this team is trying to commit to better team defense. And, you know, nothing is ever built overnight, and it's never right away that it happens. But, you know, a tell for a team is always how hard they practice and in the manner that they practice. And watching the Blues do their defensive zone coverage, their neutral zone forecheck, and working on their forecheck, this is a team that recognizes that last year just wasn't good enough. And... You know, Craig Berube in the offseason, they make a little bit of a coaching change. They bring in Mike Weber. He's there to try and help tighten up the team defensively, at least offer his opinion on how to do that. And since training camp has started, every time I'm watching them, they're taking away the middle of the ice way better. In the defensive zone, there's many more layers of defense that are in the way. There's not that guy that's wide open in the middle of the ice right now. So, you know what, it's going to take a while for it to get to perfection, just like anything it does. But that's the biggest takeaway for me is that they're really committed to that team defense. Jamie, I'm intrigued about this. How how do guys become defensemen over forwards? Is it more about you're not as skillful or is it more about more effort? Because I feel like defense requires more effort than offense does. And and I would love to see more of that effort from the defensemen going into this 23-24 season. Well, Kerry, I'm a little biased, but I think the defensemen are way more talented than the forwards. Uh, here's why. Here's why. We have the ability to skate forwards, backwards, sideways, you mm-hmm. name it. We're covering guys skating backwards. We're making passes skating backwards. We're doing all sorts of things at the forwards. Well, 
you've seen some of them skate backwards. It ain't pretty <laughs> out there sometimes. So, no, but, but all jokes aside, uh, yeah, I became a defenseman. I'll give you a short story on what, how I became a defenseman. When I was growing up, we had three forward lines, so nine players and four defensemen, and two, two pairs of defensemen. My dad wanted me to get more ice time. And so he's, I was a centerman to start my youth hockey career. And he said, you're going to play defense. And I said, well, Dad, I don't want to play defense. He goes, well, there's only four defense. It means you get on the ice every second shift. You get more ice time that way. Hmm. And I said, well, I want to go score goals. He goes, who says you can't score goals? <laughs> he's like, just take, take the puck and go. And so that's what it was. I played defense because I got more ice time as a young kid. And then uh, throughout my career up until the NHL anyways, I was an offensive guy going up scoring goals all the time. Bruce Arians asked me in 2007, he said, hey, man, you want to be uh, the second or third string tailback or you want to be the starting fullback? You know what? I'd rather be be on the field every play. (laughs) Ain't going to score as many touchdowns, obviously, but uh, if if I'm on the field all the time, I'm good with that. So it's a similar mindset. Yeah, you got to become a chameleon sometimes. And that's honestly the the latter part of my career. I was a chameleon. Talk to a team. Hey, can you play right side on, on defense? Yep. Yep. Can you play forward? Yep. Can you play goalie? I'll try. You name it. I'm there for you. So, uh, Jamie, how uh, how much do you think the Blues will depend on a guy like Verana? They, they they have some scoring. They don't have tremendous scoring depth like they had a few years ago. Is Verana going to be a key part of this offense, you think? Yeah, I don't think they were, initially, Randy, I don't think they're looking to depend on him. I think, to your point, they're looking for a more spread-out offense, you know, you know, power in numbers type thing. D- Doug Armstrong likes to say death by a thousand cuts. But watching Verona on that power play, and we were talking about this yesterday on the fast lane, is, you know, all last year we kept trying to find a replacement for David Perron on that one spot where David used to shoot the one-timer from. Well, if you look at the game in Columbus the other night, Verona is on the opposite side of where David Perron was, but scores a couple of one-timer type goals. If this guy can deliver like that, and if him and Tory Krug can find chemistry, like Jacob Verona might be the missing piece to how you really score a lot of goals, how this team gets to the next level, how Jacob Verona himself gets to be that 35-40 goal scorer, because, man, he can shoot the puck, and with all the skill that he has, I mean, he's going to get a lot of opportunity to play out there. And Craig Berube knows this power play has to be better. It has to be a top 10, I've been saying top 8 power play in the NHL this year. And if Jacob Verona can help them do that, he sees a lot more time on the power play, means a lot more opportunity to score goals, too. Well, Jamie, we're going to be talking about this later in the show at 9.15, but I wanted to get your take on this. The Athletic, they put out a recent article ranking the top six center pairings, and they had the Blues with Robert Thomas and Braden Shin kind of coming in towards the bottom of their listing. What do you think about that? Well, let me tell you what I think about some of the Athletic's rankings, Brooke. Um, <laughs> I don't think – here's what the Athletic – they do a fantastic job. And our guy, JR, Jeremy Rutherford, yes. we know he does amazing work over at the Athletic. When they do these ranking polls, it never seems to be accurate, in my opinion. And not just because they're Blues players that don't get ranked the right way or they don't like the Blues team overall. Is They just they select a, num- a bunch of numbers, and they plug them in, and that's just the equation. It's like, okay, well, this is the numbers here, and we'll just that's where they rank. I, I'm of a different belief that when you look at players like Robert Thomas and Braden Shen, these guys – they could hurt you in multiple ways. Braden Shen had what, over 60 points last year as a guy who played most of the season injured 
and on a team that wasn't very good. Uh, so I think that's pretty impressive. And if you want to talk impressive, Robert Thomas has had two years in a row putting up pretty good numbers. And come playoff time, I would like to match them up against a lot of different teams' top guys. Now, I'm not saying they're the best guys in the league. I'm not even saying they're the best tandem in the Western Conference. But I do believe they rank a lot higher than what the Athletic currently has them at. But you know what the beauty of that is? Is that Braden Shan and Robert Thomas and the rest of the Blues team, they can go out and show everybody exactly what they think of their rankings with their play this season. Jamie, we've talked a lot about the forwards. We've talked about Robert Thomas and Kyrou, Braden Shin becoming captain, Jacob Verana. We haven't talked much about Pavel Buchnevich, who I think did a lot for this team last year, had 67 points. What do you see for him in this 23-24 season? I really see a breakout season for Pavel Buchnevich. I mean, he is – I think he's the best player on the team all around. I really do. Watching him play, sometimes he kind of flies under the radar because he's not as flashy as other guys are. When you're talking about a full, well-rounded game, defensively, he's solid. He can play physical out there. He can put up points. He can run your power play. He plays on the penalty kill. He's a big body. He, he can control the puck down low. I think this is a big season for Pavel Buchnevich. He has to stay healthy. That's the one thing that last year he kind of got sidetracked with some health issues, but he still ended up with more than a point a game. If he stays healthy and plays all 82 games, I could easily see Pavel Buchnevich being in that 90 to 95 point range, which makes him a pretty elite player. Ribs, one other thing. Has anybody shown themselves to be a surprise in this camp or, or in the games? Not that they might make it on opening day, but maybe get themselves in a position to be the first guy called up. Anybody that we aren't really paying attention to that you've that's caught your eye? You know, there were a lot of guys early on that kind of caught your eye. I think that as preseason kind of works its way through, it's amazing how it works that the, the regular guys seem to take control of their positions more often than not. And the one thing with this Blues team right now is they have some great youth coming up. Zach Dean, Zachary Bolduke, players like that, they are the future of this team. Are they, are they the right now for this team? I just don't see it. And I think for me the biggest surprise honestly, is, and I don't want to say spin this negatively, but we talked about it yesterday. The biggest surprise for me is some of the bubble players, some of the fringe guys, haven't really reached up and grabbed the opportunity. You know, there there are some spots available on this team, and we know it's not going to be in the top six. It may not even be in the top nine, but if you're a guy that wants to play in the NHL and play on the fourth line, you should probably go out there and earn it. And so, for me, I'm interested to see in the next couple games here in preseason, which one of those bubble guys, those fringe guys, separates themselves from the pack and makes it known that, hey, they're going to be in the NHL this year. It's up to everybody else to figure out who's going to be the healthy scratch or the guy that goes through waivers sent to the minors. All right, last thing. I promise this is the last thing. I want a Craig Berube, what he said, what he means, okay? He said of, okay. uh, of yeah. Kerry's guy, Callie Rosen, his camp has been fine. Last year is last year. This year is this year. Every spot has to be earned. That's got to play itself out. That's what he said. What did he mean about Callie Rosen? Well, what he means is we've got eight guys under one-way contracts. Kelly Rose is on a two-way contract, and uh, he needs to separate himself from those other one-way contracts in order to stay here this year, or he might get waived and sent to the Biters. And so when he says, his camp has been fine, it's, yeah, not great, just fine, right? means he hasn't not separated himself. Yeah, not <laughs> stepping out. That's exactly what that means. It means he's done enough, you but not it. enough. He's showing good, you but not it. good enough. Yep. Yeah, Ribs, you're the man. Exactly we appreciate right, it. <laughs> All right, you got it, guys. Have a great day. We'll hear you later. Take care. Jamie Rivers, our 
blues analyst for Valley Sports and our co-host for the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Kind of a bummer about Callie, who had a really good year, but yeah. but, but last year was last year. Here's the thing. You have an opportunity every year to separate yourself mm-hmm. from others. The frustrating part for players is when they really do outplay people and don't get the opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't outplay anybody, you can't expect anything from that. And you can't yeah. count on what you did last no, year. No, not at all. It's Every all year's a new, new year. year. Yep. Every day's yep. a new day in yep. the fight. Yeah, it is. Do we need, oh. a, new, do we need a fighter? <laughs> new you day. never know. As, as Nick Saban <laughs> says, every fight takes on a life of its own. Every question takes on a life of its own. Sometimes every answer takes on a life of its own. Sometimes during the commercial break before the fight, the question doesn't change and the answer does. It has happened. Well, even sometimes the questions do change a wee bit. You never know what to expect. Text in 314-399-9646. The look on Matthew's face is priceless right now. He gets so scared. 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO with your name and the word fight. Maybe you'll fight me next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Fight in the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Opening drive on Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Nick. Nick, how you doing? I'm just fine. How about you, Kerry? Doing Good. wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Of course I am. I'm a Hall of Famer. You are a Hall of oh. Famer. Oh, oh well. <laughs> Let's get to it then. Let's see if you can start this Hall of Fame streak back up. I would love to. Longtime backup quarterback and new media member Chase Daniel picked up a Super Bowl win in his career with which team? Is it the Eagles, the Buccaneers, or the Saints? Hmm, Chase Daniel. What a great career as a backup. He's an all-time business Hall of Famer. Um, I believe it was with the Eagles. Eagles? Final answer? Yes. All righty. Yes. You cut out there. Go ahead. Which AL playoff team led the league in batting average, on-base percentage, slug, OPS, and runs? Is it the Rangers, the Rays, or the Blue Jays? I will go with the Rangers. All right. Three managers in baseball history have won the Manager of the Year Award four times. Buck Showalter, <laughs> Bobby Cox, and who else? Is it Tony Larusa, Terry Francona, or Dusty Baker? Mm, tough one. Um, manager of the Year four times. Um, I don't believe Dusty Baker has gotten his due, but he has certainly been. I'll take Dusty Baker. Final question. There are three players in Cardinals franchise history to tally a thousand plus RBI for the franchise and not be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and which longtime Cardinal? Is it Ray Lankford, Kim Boyer, or Willie McGee? Um, a thousand for the franchise and not in the Hall of Fame. I will go with Ken Boyer. We will double check our score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Nick, how you feel? 
Not great today. Okay. Well, it, it happens. It's not always great. Yeah. Were, were there any questions that stumped you? Um, no, not stumped, but, um, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of good choices out there, and um, I... I wasn't necessarily expecting you guys to pick me for the fight, yeah. so, and I'm sure I was totally prepared, but that's all right. All right. Let's see well, what happens. Randy just walked in with his Dr. Pepper Zero sugar. Dr. Pecker, Pepper Zero, yeah. Yeah. Which tastes exactly <laughs> Dr. like Dr. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Dr. Is amazing. Yeah, it does. It's amazing. Randy, say hello to Nick. Nick, good morning. How you doing? I'm just fine, Randy. How about you? Doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. All right, Thank Randy. You. you ready? Ready. All right, here we go. Okay. Longtime backup quarterback and new media member Chase Daniel picked up a Super Bowl win in his career with which team? Uh, that would have been his his second team, actually, because he started with the Redskins, uh, didn't make it out of training camp, and then he went and joined the Saints for the two. We talked to him at the Super Bowl our first year here at 101 ESPN. He was with the, the New Orleans Saints as a backup to Drew Brees. When they beat the Colts. Which AL playoff team led the league in batting average, on-base percentage, slug, OPS, and runs? Uh, they did it almost all year long. I think that would have been the Texas Rangers. Pretty good offense. Pretty good middle of the lineup uh, hitter in Adolis Garcia. Yeah, well, where did he come just from? <laughs> just pitching those just terrible, Randy. Well, they got well at least guys. they tried to get pitchers, right? They yeah. got they had Degrom, they had Scherzer, they had uh, uh, the good gray John. Uh, they they had <laughs> oh my uh, god no that's uh, that's not true he's not that good um, <laughs> what about Jordan Jordan Montgomery pretty yeah. good yeah pretty good. Scherzer, yeah pretty good pretty good pitching coach uh, Mike Maddox yeah good pitching coach all right uh, kind of a uh, old school manager and and Bruce Bochy speaking of managers three managers in baseball history have won Manager of the Year award four times Buck Showalter Bobby Cox and who else Buck Bobby and uh, Tony won it twice here. I think Tony. I think Tony won with the 83 White Sox, won with the A's, and then I think he won twice here. So I will go with Tony LaRusso. Final question. There are three. I was trying to figure out why you were laughing over there. <laughs> Okay. I'll explain it in due time. Okay. There are three players in Cardinals franchise history to tally a thousand plus RBI for the franchise and not be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mm. Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and which longtime Cardinal? He should be, and I think it's Ken Boyer. Go with Ken Boyer, number 14, number retired. Sometimes I like to call uh, Wednesday, which obviously we celebrate on this show as uh, Hump Day. Sometimes I like to call it Bump Day because historically Randy has gotten a fair amount of his very minimal amount of losses on Wednesday. In fact, if you go back and look at it, Wednesdays and Fridays are really kind of the only time where we ever actually like find a way to get you, Randy. I don't know if it's just the middle of the week and the end of the week. You just got the weekend on the we. mind. Don't put we in there. Because Carrie's part of it. When 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 the average well, Joe wins, Carrie wins. I, 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 this is true. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> you're like, like, don't like you argue with me on that one. Yeah, but we're not writing these gotcha questions. How dare you? How dare you? And hope I get to say gotcha. Slanderous, libelous, and erroneous. So, was today another bumpy day on Hump Day? Or does Randy Carrie <laughs> Keep on rolling through this week. Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. 
I'm sorry, Nick. You heard Mr. Buck there, and that means Randy Carricker got all four correct. He beat yeah. you 4-2 to today on the fight. Well, thanks for having me on. Randy, I still owe you a round of golf um, from the last time I was on. I'm so, ready. Uh, you, you got my right. email. It's randy at 101ESPN.com. All right, Randy, I'll hit you up. All right, sounds good, Nick. Thank you. There it is. Let's go through the rest of those fight questions. Longtime backup quarterback, new media member Chase Daniel, picked up a Super Bowl win across his career, and that was with the New Orleans Saints. By the way, a little piece of trivia that I I didn't think people would really know, so I didn't throw it in the fight, but I wanted to. Mm -hmm. The first quarterback to throw Travis Kelsey a touchdown pass. Chase Daniel. How about that? Just a little, just a, how about I, I thought that? it'd be two. How about that? If there was a third backup quarterback from Mizzou running around, I 100% would have been like, which Missouri backup quarterback threw Travis Kelsey's first touchdown mm-hmm. pass? But I was like, Chase, Blaine. I'm like, I, I can't think of a third one. So no, no Blaine question, has a and chance, it dies. Right? And it dies. He's still the yeah. backup. Drew Locke? Yeah, Blaine. Oh, I could have done Drew Locke. Ooh. The timing didn't work out. Yeah. yeah, I could have done Drew Locke, though. You're 100% right. Which AL playoff team led the league in batting average, OBP, slug, OPS, and runs? It was, in fact, the Rangers. Do you know who was in number two in all five of those categories? So the team they blanked yesterday, four to nothing. The Tampa Bay Rays were second in all oh, yeah. of those categories behind the Rangers. Three managers in baseball history have won the Manager of the Year award four times: Buck Showalter, Bobby Cox, and Happy 79th birthday to the other guy to win four, Tony Larusa. Happy yes. 79th birthday to TLR. TLR. By the way, interesting fact: um, all three of those managers won three in one league and one in another league. And Buck, if I'm not mistaken, won four with four teams, right? He won with the. Ooh, Yankees, yeah, actually... Diamondbacks, Rangers, and Mets, I believe. Yes, you're 100 correct. Got, got, you got all of them. And there are three Very players nice. in Cardinals history to tally a thousand plus RBI for the franchise and not be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Albert Pools and Yadier Molina will most likely change that. But Ken Boyer has 1,001 RBI for the Cardinals for his career. And somehow, shocking every time I see it, Ken Boyer not in the Hall of Fame. So a 4 2 win for Randy Carricker today in the fight. People think that this is casting aspersions on the career of Ron Santo. It's not. It's actually a compliment to Ron Santo, who's in the Hall of Fame. If Ron Santo's in the Hall of Fame, Ken Boyer should be in the Hall of Fame because they're essentially the same guy. And I think Ron Santo should be in the Hall of Fame, and he is. And I think Ken Boyer should be in the Hall of Fame, and he is not. And I would guess there's probably not a veterans committee that's going to put Ken Boyer in. Ken Boyer has an MVP, World Series MVP, the 1,000 RBIs, a lot, of, a lot of good things about Ken Boyer's career. And apparently a universally liked gentleman, too. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Coming up on 101 ESPN, we're talking about the Cardinals and Blues futures and signing free agents, but how will that be affected by what happens with Bally Sports? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One of the big questions in sports over the course of the last year or so has been the bankruptcy of Bally Sports. Diamond Sports is their name, and Bally is uh, the the name that was purchased by uh, the Bally Gambling Group. So it, the, the name of the company is Diamond Sports. And as we look ahead, there doesn't seem to be much concern about the Cardinals. The Cardinals are highly rated and highly profitable for Bally, and the Cardinals have a long-term contract in place with Bally. The last, or among the last, franchises that Bally will quit paying is going to be the Cardinals. And they have cash. The reason that the Bally is in trouble is because they borrowed a bunch of money, and let's let's call them Diamond Sports. Diamond Sports bought all of these regional sports networks, 
RSNs from Fox Sports. They borrowed a bunch of money to purchase them, and that's where their problem is. It's the debt, and that's why they've gone into bankruptcy. In terms of making money on their sports properties, that's not an issue for them. But the reason that they're in bankruptcy is because of their tremendous debt. Right now, they're involved in bankruptcy. They were supposed to have a hearing yesterday about extending uh, some debt issues. They asked for an extension in the actual hearing. And from what I understand, uh, the folks at Diamond Sports are trying to get deals with Hulu and with YouTube to try to make more money, get more eyes on their products. And if they can do that, then Bally can be a thriving business. But they need to get themselves out of bankruptcy, which was precipitated by the debt that they incurred. Would a company want to buy into, do a deal with a, with, with Diamond Sports, knowing that they are already in that much debt, like a Hulu or uh, whatever? Who, who I forget what the other one you said. Would they want to Peacock? deal deal with YouTube, YouTube TV? Would they want to deal with an entity that is already in that much debt? Here's the thing. What's going forward? The debt will be wiped away with bankruptcy. So yes. the, 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 like the American dream. It, it is. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. It, it, uh, so, yeah. That's I, the key I, to success. Hey, man. Yeah. I can spend as much money as I want and just get rid of it whenever I want it's to. It's amazing, isn't it? Well, it's a beautiful if thing. you're a normal person, not a business, oh, then it kind of sticks around oh, with you in a bad way. Okay. Uh, but sure. even with the businesses, I do think this is really interesting because if you're the Cardinals, it, I don't. of course it will affect things. But they're fine when it comes to revenue and stuff like that. For the NHL teams, I think, is where it kind of gets a little scarier maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit because for the NHL teams do you start to worry about like okay well what if things do crumble apart what do we do here in this situation because if you're an owner you're already paying for a lot of different things and the revenue is not as high as Major League Baseball NFL all the different kind of stuff and then to take on having to pay for that how do they foot the bill for that and how much does that affect the players and is it worth it first of all for Bally Diamond Sports to stick with hockey. Every mm-hmm. hockey game is on ESPN Plus and yes the the Blues are a great product to have. I don't know if every hockey team is a great product to have relative to what they have to pay, that what Bally has to pay for rights fees. So that's one question that you, you have to answer. And then to your point Brooke, is it is it worth it for the teams? If they have to take a little bit of a hit, can they do it? And this will affect the NHL salary. If it does, the, it will affect the NHL yeah, salary. If, yes. if the worst comes to pass, it'll affect the salary cap. That is, uh, that uh, that's not going to go over well with the players or the player union. They won't be. That's not something that yeah. they will be excited to hear or want to hear about. I, I guess my question is when, when, and if this does take place. If if there is no. No deal set in place. Where do you watch hockey? Because I think that's one of been, been one of the main reasons for why hockey has has gone mm-hmm. in the direction that it's going. It's so it it was so hard to find a few years back where you didn't know what channel what you what channel are mm-hmm. they playing on. It was it was difficult to find. Now with it being on ballots, you can you know exactly where your team is playing. But that's one of the issues that they've had with this with this league for a while is eyes on the TV, where can I find it and how easy is it to consume? I think there might be the possibility of one of the local channels, 2, 4, 5, 11, 30, taking a look at least at having the Blues. And the other thing that the NHL has is access 
to BAM, which allows them to, to have a great streaming product. Mm-hmm. And baseball has been reluctant because baseball, MLB wants to own their streaming product. And that's one yes. of the issues that they have is individual teams uh, and Major League Baseball want to have the streaming product, but then so does Bally. And some of the franchises, like the Cardinals, they want to have control of their own streaming rights. But I think with the NHL, they might be more open to having an entity have their streaming rights, which would make it more profitable. Yeah. And I almost, too, wonder how many teams, like if you're the Cardinals and you know how much they bring in viewership-wise, not only to the games, but also viewership is what really matters here, too, when it comes to some of these big deals coming in and revenue. But if you're the Cardinals, do you look at possibly doing what the Yankees did or even what they have in Boston where you start your own network? And if I'm the Blues, I would be hoping for that, too, because then you Mm -hmm. can attach yourself to that. I would think so. Now, the Cardinals did that before, and that was when we had Bud Sports, which we don't have anymore. But the Cardinals were able to build a platform, and I I don't even remember what it was called. Some a texter will remember. The, the very first platform that the Cardinals were on, it was, it's something prime, uh, but it was obviously produced by Bud Sports. I don't know where you would go now to produce a product like that, and I don't know how much it would cost, but when you look at what has happened with the Cubs, with Marquee, mm-hmm. when you look yeah. at the Yes Network, when you look at the Dodgers, even though they haven't been on Spectrum, they've been able to build really profitable platforms. And I would think that that's something with our intensity for sports here in St. Louis that would work. Yeah. And if you're a hockey team, you would say, yes, please, yes. whatever, yeah. help us. Help. help us. Help, yes. The, the, the big... <laughs> We're going to find out here in the next couple of days whether whether a judge is going to grant Diamond's 60-day request that would extend their bankruptcy plan until November 29th. And one of the things apparently that they want to do is work out deals with Hulu and with, what what was the other one, YouTube. Yes. Now, they've also got problems because uh, DirecTV has decided to opt out. They uh, have an they exercised an out in their contract this month that would have let it renegotiate their RSN deals. Oh. DirecTV opted not to use that out and will let the contract run its course for another year. We're in such a weird position right now because you're having this you know, ch- dramatic change of people cutting the cord, going over to streaming services, but then you still have the people who do still have cable. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like a lot of these business entities are trying to figure out that fine line. And eventually viewership will probably get to full streaming, but you still have that cross crossover and people not fully crossing over to streaming just yet or feel comfortable with it. You know what? I I appreciate the fact that people want to save money on their video. Man, I will never, I will never want to have pixelation and poor video quality and buffering. I will never, that will never be worth it for me to give up the picture quality, the sound quality that I get from having either satellite or cable. You talked about the Yes Network, and that is the Yankees, the Nets, Liberty. Would, mm-hmm. The Cardinals could have something like that. Cardinals and Blues could get Blues. together. And, 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 and what about you, City? Well, you could have City. Now, City is beholden to Apple, but, but you could, could you have City programming on Some there. type of workaround yep. where you, you would have more eyeball, and then it would be easier to access City games as opposed to having to buy Apple TV and, and do all of the things that you have to do for that. And what you do is you bring City under your umbrella with coaches' shows, with ways to get people to go to Apple. I, I would think that because you're, you're going to need programming, right? right. If you're going to have, and I don't know, do, do you run the thing from 12 a.m. to 12 p.m. or if you have mm-hmm. the blues, do you run it from what? Or do you only put games on? I don't know what that looks like, but I would think that City would 
be a part of that simply because they could provide programming. Right. Like this week, we have no Cardinal baseball games and we have the Blues preseason. But tonight and Thursday night, we have hockey, right? Uh, is that uh, 10? Yeah. To- tomorrow. Today's the fourth. So tomorrow and Friday night. The other nights, we've got nothing. You got yeah. City so, tonight. Th- right. But yeah. you, the city's going to play on Apple. But city right. programming. Correct. So you, you put city programming and a blues show and have us do it and, and a Cardinal show because we're all really good at Brooke especially is really good at TV stuff. And you just put together <laughs> just <used> to. <laughs> quality programming for those hours that you don't have play-by-play events. Yeah, it, it's very it's very interesting because Apple TV, with them and what they're doing with MLS, I think a lot of different other entities are looking at that and seeing because mm-hmm. for that business model, if it's working, and it's not great for broadcasters. If I'm a broadcaster, I'm kind of a little bit worried, especially in regional markets, because the way that they have built things is that it's not individual broadcasters, essentially, for a lot of these games. It's kind of regional or even national commentators, which takes away some more jobs. But this is the way that a lot of this stuff is going. and it's it's interesting to watch it unfold my biggest thing is if you want to get people fully over to streaming just let's get rid of all the blackouts you know like yep. i know that there's still some streaming right. issues with blackouts if anybody can figure out and even this is tv or streaming to get rid of some of the blackouts i think that would overall help all the products and at the end of the day TV's most profitable vehicles are sports. That's why TV is giving so much money to the NFL. That's yeah. why Major League Baseball is getting so much money for their playoffs from TV. That's why the NBA has so much money from regular TV, because it's really the only thing that is guaranteed to work, mm. is live sports programming. Yeah. And so, I'm not worried about the future of that, but it was a, it was a move with great foresight that Major League Soccer made because here's the thing they weren't getting on with their season running from March to November they were going to have to go against the NFL from yeah, uh, in September, October, November on network TV. And everybody's got the NFL. Yeah. They, they were going to have to go against the NBA in uh, March, April, May, June and ESPN and Turner, the, the, the big boys they've got sports programming that as much as we love soccer, and as big as it is, it wasn't going to surpass those no. other sports on regular TV. I mean, even look at ESPN yesterday. I mean, it was the start of Major League Baseball mm-hmm. playoffs, and they yeah. talked about it for a minute, and then they went back into NFL talk. Right. Yeah, there is no, and, and this is one of the things you're 100 percent right. Think about the fall. Think about September, October. Every single night, every maybe not Tuesday, but you've got college or pro football. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard. Well, you have no chance. You have no chance against the NFL or college football. No. There's a reason that uh, Major League Baseball hides the World Series so that it's not on Saturday nights against. Uh, and, and it's crazy that it's on Sunday nights against the NFL. But yeah, it, TV is uh, TV is going to be here. It's just a matter of what the the form looks like. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we've got our rush hour reset. A big day for the Cardinals in the playoffs yesterday. We'll tell you about it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. It's 9.05 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. A good day for the Cardinals yesterday. 
in the in the playoffs. It, you had it, uh, Randy Rosarena yep. with a couple great, of hits. You job. had Adolis Garcia with a hit. Tommy yep. Pham. Scored a run. You had, uh, yep. Donovan Solano. You had the back end of the bullpen was brilliant. Wonderful, with, wonderful watching those guys. Oh man, uh, perform. Jordan it, Montgomery went, went <laughs> seven. Uh, you you can't you yeah. can't ask for a better performance yeah. from from Cardinals than, than <laughs> no, you could. Brooke, 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 um, what? I I have some bad news, guys. What's they're all former Cardinals, the guys that you just listed. Wait, what? Oh, they're all they former Cardinals. They at Bush Stadium. The Cardinals are no, the I Cardinals are done. I've, I've seen those guys. <laughs> no, when I when I looked at the names and and, and I saw that Jordan Montgomery, I was like, yeah. I'm so glad we got him. Uh, like he's Jordan he's Montgomery. Fantastic. First of all, did you know that he could go seven innings? I did not know that. I didn't, that is I didn't brilliant. Know that was possible. He can. He went. He went seven shutout innings <laughs> for the Rangers in a playoff game. In a playoff game, he allowed six hits, he struck out five, and didn't walk anybody. They'll face Jordan Montgomery, who's a much better pitcher in Arlington than he was in St. Louis. In his last four starts, 27 innings, two earned runs, a bunch of the Rangers told me this is the best he's ever thrown in his career right now. And he pulls that one down the left field line, and a diving catch made by Evan Carter. Bunks again and pops it up. Montgomery, wow. a diving catch. What a play. Because if that lands, that's a big problem for the Texas Rangers. The runner goes from first, and Pinto swings and misses. And what a job by Montgomery, the strikeout of Pinto to get out of the inning. He strikes out here, and Montgomery has his second strikeout. They've come back to back again. Pinto down the second. Montgomery swings. It's a foul tip. Jordan Montgomery, another strikeout, his third. He struck him out. Off-speed curveball. And he struck him out with an off-speed curve away. What a performance by Jordan Montgomery. One of the most important parts of this Texas Rangers season. And Jordan Montgomery uh, told the New York Post about his travels over the last year and a half. Yeah, I'm sure the Yankees saw the potential. He said... They might have given up on me, but I think it was the best thing for me to go to the Cardinals and get set up with Mike Maddox. Our pitching philosophies are much closer. He said that Maddox helped him with amping up his four-seam fastball usage, which he used on 26 of his 93 pitches yesterday. And so, evidently, Jordan Montgomery believes that he's better with Mike Maddox as his pitching coach. Hmm. It's it's very interesting uh, when you hear that. Because, By interesting, do you mean frustrating? Yeah. Okay. I think you. I think frustrating <laughs> is a good way to describe it because you wish it could have worked out with the Cardinals and that working out with Maddox. Uh, I would still love to know the full story behind Maddox and the Cardinals' whole situation leaving. Was it just kind of a, fil- a philosophical differences? You think there? I think the Cardinals are so ingrained with analytics that they fail to see that old school can work. Mm. And not that Mike Maddox is anti-analytics. He's not. When they hired him, it was because he was cutting-edge analytics-wise. Now it appears that they're all in on the analytics of pitching and not as much all in on using different pitches, using... Pitch your your best pitches at certain times. That was one of the the most important or intriguing things when when Jordan Montgomery got here uh, last year. That they were talking about his usage of his fastball. Mm-hmm. How the the Yankees didn't have him throwing it as much, and mm-hmm. he had thrown it way more here, and it was having success. And so you would think that if the Yankees didn't have him doing, he got here had more success. You would just replicate what he does best. Mm-hmm. Don't 
this is the the one thing about coaching and and managing that drives me nuts is when a coach or a manager has the mindset that I know better and I can put you into a position that you are going to have success in because we're going to no. The best coaches, the best managers put their players in the best position that they are comfortable in to have them succeed. You don't change everything, but you just shift what you do. Maybe you shift your philosophy to make it more accommodating for a player to have success. And if I am telling you, no, I need you to throw this pitch more. Well, coach, I don't really like throwing that pitch. I don't have as much success throwing that pitch. I don't I don't feel as confident or as comfortable throwing that pitch. Yeah, but this is what it calls for. Yeah, but I, you can tell me, but it's not going to matter if I don't feel confident throwing that. Yeah, but just trust me. No, I got to throw it. If I don't trust it, it's not going to work. Got to so have conviction. You got to yeah. have guys that allow allow your players to be who they are and then you'll have more success. And that's the big key there. That's what we were talking about yesterday with Waka and Snyder and how he was able to tailor things. I want to go back to that quote that Jordan Montgomery had about the Yankees. Can you read that again? Yes, I can. Because uh, I think that there's something that I find kind of just fascinating with this whole Yankees situation because as we're looking at Sonny Gray and you look at how he performed with the mm-hmm. Yankees. It was not great. And I know there was some ter- turmoil with Sonny About Gray and the, the Yankees. the usage of his stuff, yeah. Usage of his stuff. So it's interesting if, when you read that quote, quote from Jordan yeah. Montgomery. What do you say about the Yankees? Yeah, I'm sure the Yankees saw the potential. I, they might have given up on me, but I think it was the best thing for me to get to the Cardinals and get set up with Mike Maddox. Our pitching philosophies are much closer, and Montgomery credited Maddox with amping up the, the four-seamer. And then if you look back at what Sonny Gray about what he said during his time with the Yankees, he talked about how much they love sliders and how they really push mm-hmm. this specific pitch on him, even though it was not something that was good for him. And that led to like his almost, what, five ERA? I think it was in 2018, mm-hmm. I believe. It was not good what his performance was. I think it's interesting because if you're looking at the Yankees in that whole situation, you hear what Jordan Montgomery says, you hear what Sonny Gray says, and they have success when they go elsewhere. Do you think that that should be a warning for not just the Cardinals, but other organizations of you shouldn't pitch a or throw out there a specific pitching philosophy to your players, that it should be more tailored specifically to them, goes, especially when you yeah. see that? Especially to what? Kerry just said you have to when you're on the mound never pitched before but I've had enough pitchers tell me you have to have conviction in the pitch that you're throwing and that's why Yachty was so great because pitchers had implicit trust Mm -hmm. in his ability to know the right pitch to call and a lot of guys said they never shook Yachty off which is probably the smart thing to do and if you have trust in your catcher and you you have conviction in what he's calling then you're great or some of the veteran guys will throw will call their own games essentially and only throw the pitches that they have the most confidence in it it makes sense to me mm-hmm. it makes sense to me to 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 throw the thing the pitch that i feel comfortable in and or, or have conviction in it doesn't make sense no matter what the situation is it, it you don't throw something that you don't believe in. And and no matter what, and I think that's what Yachty did. I think he understood his pitchers. It's, it's Again, it's the person-to-person relationship. It's not always about the numbers and that specific person that's at bat. What does my guy feel comfortable throwing? Because I, I may want to feel like this pitch is good, but he doesn't feel that good. And look at the Cardinals with Jake Woodford, who 
we don't know how good he is, but the Cardinals keep saying, well, his slider isn't good enough, his slider isn't good enough, his slider isn't good enough, and they keep making him work on his slider, but then when he's able to just go out and pitch, he yeah. winds, up, winds up being reasonably effective at times. Maybe they want him to throw something that he's not either the type of pitch uh, talking about slider curve, whatever the breaking ball might be, the secondary pitch, or maybe it, it's the way that he's throwing a particular pitch like the slider that he's just not comfortable with. I don't know that to be the case, but at the end of the day, if a guy made, makes it to the major leagues, it seems like you should allow him to utilize what got him to the major leagues. And work on maybe enhancing some of that, whatever yeah. works. So congratulations to Jordan Montgomery, by the way. He made himself a ton of money yesterday. Yep, yes, he did. Yep, with those seven shutout innings. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. He's a pretty good postseason pitcher. Must be yeah. nice. Yeah. Must be nice to be in the postseason. Kind of miss it. Kind of miss it. Uh, That is today's Rush Hour Reset. Coming up, the Blues came in at the bottom of the Athletics' recent rankings of top six center pairings. Top teams in the ranking represent almost every playoff team from last season. Is this a sign of the Blues starting this season? That's next, 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I'm of a different belief that when you look at players like Robert Thomas and Braden Shen, these guys, they can hurt you in multiple ways. Braden Shen had what, over 60 points last year as a guy who played most of the season injured and on a team that wasn't very good. Uh, so I think that's pretty impressive. And if you want to talk impressive, Robert Thomas has had two years in a row putting up pretty good numbers. And come playoff time, I would like to match them up against a lot of different teams top guys. Now, I'm not saying they're the best guys in the league. I'm not even saying they're the best tandem in the Western Conference. But I do believe they rank a lot higher than what the Athletic currently has them at. That's our friend Jamie Rivers. He will be heard this afternoon here on uh, the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carey, Randy, and the Athletic does have a ranking of the top six center duos in the NHL. And the Blues, Robert Thomas and Braden Shen, are listed after teams like the Kraken, Matty Beneers, and Yanni Gord. Uh, you've got Ryan Hartman and Joel Erickson Eck in Minnesota. You've got Tomas Hurdle and Logan Couture in San Jose. You've got Dylan Larkin and Andrew Kopp in, uh, and by the way, these are rated as the below average tier. Here's what I'm looking at, guys. And I, I do appreciate this guy named... Uh, Harmon Dayal, who did this list at The Athletic. And I appreciate the way he looks at hockey because he's got like a generational duo in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Great, great players. Awesome players. Generational duo. Duo, no doubt about it. Counting up the uh, Stanley Cup rings. One, two, three, four. Uh, no, no. Uh, we've, we've got tier two elite. Uh, Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer of uh, the, the Devils. Counting up the Stanley Cup ring. Uh, high end. <laughs> Crosby and Malkin. We'll, we'll go Crosby and Malkin. Pretty good. Really, really good. A lot of Stanley Cup rings. Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews. John Tavares. Not counting up the Stanley Cups. Mm, no. Vancouver Canucks. Elias Pettersson. J.T. Miller. Counting up the Stanley Cups. Yeah. Buffalo Sabres. Tage Thompson. Dylan Cousins. No. <laughs> um, I'm still looking for a pair aside from 
the Pittsburgh Penguins that has a couple of Stanley Cup rings. Colorado Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon has one. Ryan Johansson. Looking around? No. Uh, Alexander Barkov, Sam Bennett with Florida? No. Jack Eichel, Chandler Stevenson. There you go, Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> there you go with a couple. There you go with a couple. Uh, above average, Braden Point and Anthony, Anthony Cirilli with, uh, with Tampa. Really, really good. I have a tendency to lean on winning Winning, and as much as I love McDavid and Dreisaitl, I think one of those would do better on another team. I think those mm-hmm. two taking up so much money, same with Matthews and Tavares, they take up so much money from their teams that they don't allow their teams to win. To list Braden Shen and Robert Thomas as below average uh, tells me all I need to know about this hockey writer, that he probably needs to go somewhere else. He probably <laughs> needs to write business. <laughs> Business for like uh, who could he write for? Uh, Bloomberg or something? Oh no, he's not Forbes or something like that. Championships. He's considering. Yeah, I mean, consider what he sees. Considering the 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 talent. I think that's based off of talent, not okay. Championships are are, are a team uh, goal, mm-hmm. team oriented thing. Th- these are are guys that are. I guess really good parents, really so, good guys uh, on top of the let's, lineup. Let's take the team just above the okay. Blues, okay? Seattle Kraken, uh, Maddie Beneers, and Yannick Gord, okay? Beneers will develop into a special all-around center because of his skill and his two-way smarts and competitiveness. How do we know that that guy is going to develop into a great two-way center? Because How do we know that? Hopium. High on hopium. hopium. But, but not high on hopium mm-hmm. for the Blues because it's also interesting just to enrage readers a little bit more if you look at The Athletic. And this is not anything against Jeremy Rutherford because he's not the one that wrote this. Mm-hmm. But uh, they came out with preseason rankings for NHL teams. Mm-hmm. What number do you guys think that the Blues check in at out of the 32 teams. 24. 26 is what the Athletic has them currently ranked at going into preseason rankings. Is that the is that the Bozo guy? It said like staff writers essentially. (laughs) So it was a group. It was a group effort of (laughs) putting the Blues in at 26. Is it is it fair to say that the Blues didn't perform particularly well last year? So if you're basing it off of last season, what you saw, you would assume that. Maybe it's more of the same. They have a lot of the same people back that they had last year after the trade. So I don't know. I don't know what needed. What needs to change? Hopefully, is changed in this season that makes them much better than the twenty sixth yeah. ranked team in the NHL. Well, I do think that they did have a significant regression, and everybody mm-hmm. says that. Even mm-hmm. Army said that. Baruby said that they went from what was it, one hundred and nine points or something like mm-hmm. that, the year before, to eighty one points last yeah. season. Special teams dropped off defensively. We saw what they looked like. So there was a lot of different things, which led to you moving on from Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, and so in that article that he pointed out, that was something that he pointed to when he spoke specifically about Robert Thomas. And Braden Shin. He said with Thomas, his numbers regressed last year when it came to points. And he said this will be a huge test for Thomas, who's handling first line center duties for the first full season since Ryan O'Reilly's departure. That's his reasoning, I guess, with Robert Thomas. But why can't we say we'll develop into a great First line. Well, well, here's a good question. Here's yeah. the here's an important part of that article. Thomas is a gifted player. He's all he's a better two way player than numbers give him credit for. The environment in St. Louis is horrible for defensive results. That 
in parentheses, it should let you know everything you need to know about what people think about the St. Louis Blues from last season going into this season. Mm -hmm. What we all saw, it was not good on the defensive end. Jordan Bennington facing shots left and right, which is why I am concerned now that they're giving up 39 Mm -hmm. goal uh, shots on goal to the the Columbus Blue Jackets. That is a concern for me. I understand maybe you're working on things, but damn it, that should be something you should be working on. It should be. Maybe you're working on other things, but Mm -hmm. that should... on the top of lists of priorities, that that should be 1A, if not one by itself, because there was too much last season. This is a hard question. Would you rather have two great centers or a Stanley Cup championship? Uh, Stanley Cup. Bro, I, I want to yeah, win championships. I, I, want, I want I want the trophy. By the way, it's Dom LeCision. Dom LeCision is their guy at the Athletic that thinks that expected goals are more important than real goals. But it's yeah, because high on hopium, right? You yeah. have to be high on hopium. You have some type of numbers, right? What, you do. Then what would the analytics people do if they well, didn't have numbers? Right? Our, our expected runs per game for the Cardinals this year, CD <laughs> eight. Yep, they were, <laughs> and those numbers are as legitimate as anybody else's. Yeah, right? I agree. The only ones that really count are the ones that actually happen. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get eight runs. We didn't. No. Know. but we, you know no. what? Our, we tried. Our, our expected runs were as important as as Fangraphs expected runs. <laughs> we tried. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing: even if you did get A plus runs, that still wasn't enough for the Cardinals this not. season no, because no, of not. the other big yeah, issue. Not a CD Rom was pitching. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> 8.02. Yeah, we liked what great. we saw. We liked what we saw. Not great. We'll give him a chance. Yeah, we'll, we'll give him a chance. Yeah. A lot of guys. So, uh, hey, uh, okay. Let, we we did Willie Mays, didn't we? We did Hannes Wagner. Okay. Well, I I can give you something here. Hold on here one second. You will really enjoy what we have for CD Rom. CD Rom, one of the great players, perhaps one of the great pitchers in the history of the game. Right? Uh, do we do we doubt this? Well, he's left-handed, need, didn't he? We need a little bit more. Uh, it's small sample size right now, Randy. Okay, it's very small sample size. Okay, to be considered the greatest uh, ever. Okay, guy that uh, started off in his uh, in his second season, two and four with a four point nine one. Two and four with a four point nine one in his age twenty season. Who, who, who you got? Sandy Koufax. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no, 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 yep. no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know. Here's the thing: Sandy Koufax, 29 walks in 58 and two thirds innings in his second season. 28 walks in 41 and two thirds. So, oh, <laughs> can we give? And I know Stephen Matz has it right now. Can we just give CD Rom number 32? No. no. And call him call him call him Junior Sandy. No. No. He he's he's got some work to do. But Mo did say he likes what he saw from him, so you know There you go. There you, how about that? How about that? How about that? There okay. you go. So okay. Question. Parliamentary procedure here. All three of you, you have to answer this. Would you rather have C D Rom or Sandy Koufax. Now, keep in mind, <laughs> Sandy, Sandy Koufax, Sandy, Sandy Koufax uh, is going to turn 88 <laughs> in December. <laughs> what age are we getting, Sandy <laughs> Koufax? Right We're talking right now. Yeah. Uh, right I, now? I, I, I'll take wrong. Probably throws 88. <laughs> I don't know. His arm might not get up to that. Yeah, and he had to retire because of a bad arm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No. Oh, okay. We'll go wrong. Yeah. So, Matthew? Koufax uh, or Rom? Listen, right I, now, I'm kind of like John Mozeliak. I was really impressed with what we saw from Rom there, there at the end of the year. Somebody said, Something why are you eight? guys picking Rom? Well, you're picking on Rom. Yeah. <laughs> Something, picking on Rom. Something about like an ADRA across uh, 
Koufax six two two ten, Rom six two two fifteen. Same, mm-hmm. both essentially the same guy. Yep, both left-handed. Uh, um, six two two ten in nineteen sixty versus six. Uh, I'm a not, little bit I'm, different. That's not a part of it. I'm not. Okay. I'm not <laughs> you're, you're getting slightly into, different. You're doing too much now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now one of the issues Fine. we have here is, and I know this is coming, CD. So I will just get it out of the way right now. Okay. The the, uh, no, the age twenty three season. Uh, CD Rom. Oh, you know what? It's not too bad. Kofax eight and six with the four point oh five. Rom was eight point oh two. Double. Uh, Koufax at age 20. This is why you have to wait with left-handers. <laughs> Koufax uh, in 1961, age 25 season, 18 and 13 with the 3.52, led the league with 269 strikeouts. And then 27 season, 25 and 5 with a 1.88. So give, good. give CD ROM four more years. years. Exactly. And number 32. History okay. does repeat itself. It will with, the, yeah. with your St. Louis Cardinals. We're waiting. I don't know how we Sandy got there. Sandy Jr., we're ready for you. Uh, did we get there with expected runs or something? Yeah, yeah, we okay. got there. Uh, we, we've got we've got soccer tonight. We've got City at Vancouver. Is it the Whitecaps still? Uh, yes. Who is it? Who are they playing? Uh, Van, Van Blanking Coover. Appreciate it. Just yeah. make sure. The Whitecaps. The White ble- Bleeping Caps. The, the Van caps. Blanking Coover White Blanking Caps. There you go. All right. Which is probably, thank goodness, that, thank, thank goodness that team isn't based in Mississippi. <laughs> oh, 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 my God. Randy, tell us it's break. Tell us it's break. It's break time. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One, two, three, four. We haven't given up as make, as much XG expected goals against us in this last stretch as we have in the first sort of segments of the season. So I feel we've become a tidy unit. I feel, you know, obviously the introduction of Joachim Nielsen, um, you know, getting healthy and getting fit and getting ready. I thought it's helped our case and, and it's helped the structure and stability of our group um, and also the leadership on the field. But uh, yeah, I, I've been really comfortable, you know, without talking too much or, or thinking we're peaking at, at, at the wrong time. I think we're getting there slowly. Um, with two games to go, I'm, I'm really feeling that bar any injuries and knock on wood, um, I think we're in a good spot. That is the head coach of St. Louis City SC, Bradley Carnell, with us in the opening drive on 101 ESPN. I would guess that Bradley Carnell's XG and Roman Berkey's XGs are dramatically yeah. different. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> XGs against. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Romans is set zero Neither. clean sheet <laughs> every game. Yeah. yeah, that's what he expects. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's amazing. We're never going to escape that, right? No. 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 Yeah. I, so. no, I like. Do, do. I like that. The just to expect things, just to go out there and say that. Yeah, I would like to expect a lot okay, of things. Okay, so we Does had a goalie. Matter? Yeah, we, we had a we had a goalie here named Patrick Laleem. <laughs> After after the lockout, okay, uh, and Patrick Aleem was eh, to put it kindly, not great. Uh, he he was just he. I feel for the guy. He had been a good goalie at one point in his career, but in his Blues career, let me get to uh, um, not great, not great. No, he, uh, so <laughs> let's get to Patrick Aleem. My point being that your expected goals for Patrick Aleem are not going to be the same as they are for Martin Brodeur, are they? No, probably mm-hmm. not. Just, so, Patrick you know. Aleem, in his year with the Blues, 31 games, uh, uh, in a stunning development, he only had a 3.64 goals against. Not bad. Uh, Not terrible. 
no, it's actually much better than I thought it was. Uh, but how can you have an XG against for two completely different players, right? Martin Brodeur, one of the greatest of all time. Patrick Laleem, not great. So why would you have an XG? Why would you use a mathematical <laughs> equation to determine? I that? have so many questions about analytics. It's it's absurd. Is it just I, the math nerds wanting to get involved in that way? Is that any, what it is? I, I don't want to be rude, but I, said I it. think... <laughs> I'm just being honest. So these are, are men and women that mm-hmm. may have not had many opportunities to play the sport mm-hmm. that they enjoy, mm-hmm. that they love. Rock is looking at me in, in a perturbed way. It's fine. I, I, I'm being honest here. They are people that didn't get a chance, maybe had a chance or maybe didn't have a chance. I don't know. But they didn't, I would say, excel in said sport. So mm-hmm. now they have found ways to crunch numbers together to come up with uh, answers for, for problems that, aren't always the correct answer, in my opinion. Therefore, you shouldn't always listen to them. Are we wrong here, Matthew? It's just a a little tool to to use to see, are you letting up, are you you getting chances and not finishing them, or are you getting really lucky with your finishing of chances? That's all it is. It's the same thing in hockey. It's not not an analytic. (laughs) Chances. No, no, no. Getting lucky? Yeah. So it's, it's luck and Wayne Gretzky was super lucky. Because, yeah. yeah, it's this, it, because if you're taking a bunch of very low chance shots and they're all going in, then as a coach you can say, we is, have to work the ball in is, is there a such thing as a low chance shot? If you of shoot it, you expect it to go in. No, there's a, there are low chance shots. It's easier to score. No, no, so no, you're telling me. It is mathematical. Your no, favorite on a player, you know, if he right shoots a shot and doesn't expect it to go in, no matter how uh, unconventional that shot is, yes, because he expects it to go in. Do you have a different expectancy for a shot in basketball? I'm not from, asking about no, me. No, hold on a second. Do you expect something different when you when a, when a ball is shot from 80 feet as opposed to 30 feet? I shot it, didn't I? Did you, do you guys, expect something different yeah, to happen? Okay. I expect yes. it to go in. My let's, point here. Let's go back to Gretzky. <laughs> no, let's not go to Gretzky. 100% of the shots that you don't take don't go in. There you go. But no, some of them yeah. are easier shots. Some of them are better yeah, shots. Empty net? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's really easy. It's easier to score the ball from five feet away from the goal than it is from 35 feet away from Curry. the goal. He's, it's not for there, him. There well, are people that are exceptions, <laughs> and it's easier for Steph Curry to hit a so, layup than it is for him to hit a 40 foot three point shot. Not He'll a, even not admit if, that. Not if your favorite player, Rudy Gobert, is no. standing there. Yeah, so, City, <laughs> he's fine. City last night, as they take on Van Blank and Coover, they are going to have. Uh, they're, they're trying to reduce their XG against, I guess, is, is what we're saying. Trying to keep it down. How yeah, do you do keep that? It down. You got to play better defense. Take well, and your goalie has to step up. Hmm. Take away, you take away high percentage shots from the team so that Roman Berkey doesn't have to make three or four saves that make you go, oh my God, he has to win MVP when he does that. What do we do now? <laughs> this is It might seem like not a big game, but when we talked to Bradley Carnell yesterday, mm-hmm. he made it seem like it was, even though he's not going to play his full complement of guys, yes. he, he doesn't want to have anything less than a great effort in this game, especially because they're going to have some time off. So... I'm I'm intrigued to see what we do see tonight in Vancouver. I agree because I mean there's still I feel like there's still just as you're getting ready for the playoffs, just trying to make sure that you have all the options available. You know what you're looking at, and that's why I liked what was that like last week where they had you know eight different stars coming out of the game, just seeing what your depth looks like as you get ready for the playoffs. But I do think it's big that Zhao Klaus is getting closer and closer and is better 
fitness-wise, getting ready for the playoffs. It's just making sure that everybody's sound because we haven't had him that much this season. And so making sure that everything is working together going into the playoffs. I think you do your best to secure the win tonight, play your guys, and, and if you get up, and then maybe you can start taking the foot off the pedal. But I, I don't think you – I think you just – you go and play this game like you normally would because you're going to have yeah. so much time off before the next game of, of what, week and a half, two weeks almost? Oh, yeah, almost two, four weeks. Yeah, so you, you want to have your guys still prepared, ready to roll, and, and you don't worry about anything else. I think it's just over two weeks because it's, uh, it's the 21st, 21st yeah. so it's the 5th, so I mean that's yep. six, so 16 days yep. between the two. Uh, and so – Here's the thing. There are are some other games to watch. The entire Eastern Conference, by the way, if you want to tune into anything else, you can do a little scoreboard watching. New England Revolution play the Columbus Crew. Philadelphia Union play Atlanta United. Those are four of like the five teams that could possibly get more points than City and mm-hmm. potentially be take away your home field advantage in the MLS Cup. So there is a little something around there, some, some points still to be watching. Again, City can get up to 62. It would be nice if you had those, but you don't need them right now. So I, I expect maybe, maybe somebody like Leuven... Um, or Blom to not, not get a full 90 today just because they've played so many minutes right. across the entire right. year. So uh, soccer tonight, and you can see it on Apple. Oh, by the way, we need to clarify something we mentioned earlier in the show, and we really apologize oh. to all of the oh, mafiosos yeah, that are oh. This is my fault. This they're is my not fault. still around, right? Like, are they, oh, they're, no, they're, they're not going to come after us for getting this wrong? I'm not mentioning names, but according to the Wikipedia, they're... Murder, did you look at Murderpedia? Uh, I did not. But St. Louis Crime Family, just look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, you, you can read it for yourself. But uh, Matthew, you yeah. discovered something. I'm sorry, guys. It was the Workman compound uh, from a few decades prior that had the moat, not the Leisure family. That's my fault. I apologize to both the Leisure family and mm-hmm. the architects who worked on the Workman family. Our, our they, they built a freaking moat. That's and, pretty impressive. And here are the that is impressive because I have the one in Shrek was really cool. So you need to get like <laughs> you need to get the the, the giant gingy yeah. uh, to provide uh, uh, the bridge across the moat. Right. So here's here's the scoop. And this is from our friends at KSDK.com. 19 days after Anthony Giordano's death in 1980, gang warfare erupted on I-55 when his ally, Jimmy Michaels, was killed in a car bombing while behind the wheel. So there's one. Law enforcement officers, many of whom were interviewed by KSDK, explained what the investigation into the bombing found. The information uh, that they were able to determine was that Mr. Michaels was removed from the, quote, organization, a.k.a. Hmm. mafia. And so uh, they had a little bit of a, a kerfuffle among oh. mafia members. Involved a little bit of car bombing here and there. A little bit of car yeah. bombing. So, I think. I think. Oh yeah. gosh, no. A conflict resolution. I think there's there's better ways. I mean, conflict got resolved pretty quickly. I mean, all of a sudden, you know, you know about, about a about a half mile trek on fifty five solved pretty quick. Just a little bada boom bada bee. A little bada like that. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. You don't. Did the hand gestures? I don't like that. I don't like that. If you get on YouTube, then you can see the operation over there. Stay out of there. No, get out of here. Oh, okay. Whoopsies. I'm sorry. That's funny. Stereotypes on this. Show. No. And then uh, another uh, another guy, Paul Leisure, who had been Giordano's bodyguard, was injured in another car bombing eleven months later, uh, and uh, he. <laughs> 
injured? He survived. Yeah, he was injured, but uh, it, was, it was pretty bad. Is he bad in back. witness protection? I'm I'm bad, bad. bad. When that happened? <laughs> About a week back. Okay. No. <laughs> and then a month after that, September 11th, 1981, a grandson of Jimmy Michaels was killed in the car bombing on 55, and a friend were shot as they arrived at a restaurant on LaSalle for lunch. A month after that, another car bomb. Uh, George Fahin, a nephew of the late Michaels, was killed. The explosion happened in the parking lot of the Mansion House downtown. So we had some car bombing going on around 1980. Uh, wow. But our apologies, apologies for our inaccuracies in speaking of uh, the St. Louis crime families earlier. Are they still around? Do we need to like uh, directly apologize? Because now I'm worried. Well, That's, I'm, when I'm you, sure you just talked about a lot of car yeah, bombings, yeah, and now I'm uh, worried. Yeah, I am too. Yeah, uh, no, but we like them. Okay, yeah. They, they were friendly totally. folks. They, they, they're, they're, they're all about entrepreneurial Exactly. Uh, Friend of St. Louis businesses. Right. So, no, that, I don't like them. They were, well, they never bombed me, so I like them. <laughs> uh, coming up, we're going to head down the stretch with rock and roll here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Anyone currently on base, you can join the Fast Lane Thursday. That's tomorrow for a special Military Appreciation Live broadcast from 2 to 6. It's going to be at the exchange at Scott Air Force Base, brought to you by Budweiser and Air Comfort Service Heating and Cooling. It's our Military Appreciation Day with the Fast Lane tomorrow, 2 to 6 at Scott Air Force Base. All right, Matthew, what do you got for us? Well, we got a text a little bit earlier today that uh, there was some disagreement among among station among the station about Sonny Gray and oh, his, oh, oh. his spot for the potential spot for the Sonny Cardinals Gray. and him being a free agent target. So uh, BK and Ferrario were, were talking yesterday, and BK wanted to dive into his thoughts on Mr. Sonny Gray and, and, and a comment about our thoughts from our, our show earlier in the day. 3143 is the Air Comfort Service text Yo. line. Guys, Yamamoto would be fine in my opinion, but Sonny Gray can't win in the postseason. Where's what? this coming from? What is this? Well, isn't this what Randy said? Randy said he was a choke artist. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> he had one bad game with the Yankees in the postseason. His bad game was 3.1 innings with three earned runs. I'll take that over some of the Cardinals' bad games. He has a 2.95 ERA in the postseason, guys. His problem is his teams haven't made it. I was going to say, look at the teams he's been on. And I I know what's coming next. Well, clearly, BK, that's because he's not a good starting pitcher. Man, Mike Trout hasn't made the postseason since 2014. Shohei Otani hasn't either. Exactly. He never made the playoffs. Why would you not want him? Why would you sign Shohei Otani? He's never been in the playoffs. He can't perform. well, first of all, uh, I've seen Mike Trout and Shohei Otani perform in September. Sonny Gray's career ERA in September and October is 4.16. He uh, he admitted himself and uh, multiple people around the Yankees said that he couldn't handle the pressure of New York. And you can say, okay, well, he had one bad start. If you think a number one starter is a guy, I'll grant you that in 2013, 10 years ago, his first playoff start, he threw eight, eight great innings. If, if what you like from a number one guy is five innings or 3.1 innings or another five innings. Cool. That's no problem at all. I am a guy that grew up watching Joaquin Andujar go seven. I I watched Chris Carpenter go seven. I watched Danny Cox go eight. 
I am a guy that likes number one starting pitchers like Jordan Montgomery, who gave me seven for the Rangers yesterday. I'm not a five-and-dive kind of guy. And if that's what you think is great, then that's cool. Uh, I'm that, And that we are allowed to have disagreements. But I don't look at Sonny Gray as a front-of-the-rotation playoff pitcher. In fairness, uh, BK was having a rough day yesterday. No. Oh, okay, that's on. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. We're on four. Randy, you didn't have to go in there and rough him up after he said that. I wasn't going Jack Bauer. Is that what just happened? Because that's what it sounds like happened, is that he made that statement about Sonny Gray, and then you just went in there and were like, I'll teach you, BK. That was impressive. The best thing about sports is that you can have disagreements, and different people like different things. I I just place more value on starting pitching than uh, on real high quality high end starting pitching than many people do. If you want Sonny Gray as your number one, that's that's cool. Just don't plan on winning any World Series. And oh, by the way, last time he did start a playoff game was 2017. I, I think that starting pitching does have something to do with making the playoffs or not. This is my favorite. This is my favorite part. Oh, okay. In his voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. There's a, there's a lot of guys that are really good pitchers for April, May, June, July, August. And, but if you watch enough postseason baseball, and I've seen a lot in my time, you get to the point where you figure out, and if you ask players about it, ask players if the sport is different in September and October. Oh, no question. And they'll tell you it's a different sport. Playoffs are, are a different animal completely, yeah. no matter what sport you're playing. It, it just, yeah. the intensity, you know, every decision is feels like it's being scrutinized. You are, you have more eyeballs paying attention because there yeah. obviously aren't, aren't as many teams playing. Yeah. So you got more people paying attention. It definitely G- turns up. Jason Isringhausen listens to us every morning. He's probably listening right now. He'll text me and say, yeah, it's a different sport. It you know, is. It, it is. It's, if, if you talk to people that have been through it a million times, like Ricky Horton, you, you just get Ricky Horton on your show and say, hey, Ricky, is it is September and October different than April, May, June, July, August? I think Ricky will, will tell you. If, if you ask Jim Edmonds, <laughs> there's a reason that Jim Edmonds is all over the Cardinal postseason books because he – his heartbeat didn't rise. Yeah. Yeah. Some guys' heart heartbeats just don't rise. And those are the kind of guys that I want on my team. What about Kershaw? Uh, so it's really interesting. Clayton Kershaw, even though the numbers would belie this, he has. there's a reason that there's a, one of the great memes in the history of sports where you've got the Clayton Kershaw action figure and it's circled where it says, warning, choking hazard. <laughs> It's, it's a different so animal bad. altogether. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Uh, Brooke, did, you sounded like you were having fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about that? How about that? How about that? CD. Show us your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? Again, two things. Number one, <laughs> happy Sue. National Taco Day. Oh, no. And number two, uh, mafia members here in St. Louis. We love you. Yeah, we love you. We yeah. were just You're still fun. around. Yep. Yes. We, 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 yes. We, we love the mafia. We love Italian restaurants. All of us love Italian restaurants. Uh, and I don't even have a car. You know, I just I take Metro everywhere. So you can't even do anything. The play. That's, the, that's the play. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great hump day, St. Louis. 
You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.